Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Hey everybody, quick editor's note here from Jim. Uh, we were having a really good discussion just prior to recording the episode proper, uh, all about adaptations to uh, TV and film of comic books and whatnot. So we decided to keep that uh, discussion in because it was pretty interesting to us. If you don't want to hear that discussion, if you want to go right to the recaps, uh, the first recap is The Flash, and it's about a half hour into the file, so just go ahead and fast forward to about a half hour in, and you'll be good as gold. You won't have to listen to us blather on. But if you're interested in that kind of discussion, just stay tuned. surprised to see a little trailer for legends already yeah you know considering how far out it is to when it premieres they're not playing they do all the show all the networks are doing upfront trailers yeah, now it's their upfront it's, well it's, the, it's yeah. what they call upfronts it's the week with yeah. the upfronts when they they want to show to their prospective advertisers what they have coming uh, out you know in the, in the coming seasons or whatever so they do this thing called upfronts they bring the people who actually buy the ad time in and they mm-hmm, show off yeah. all their best new shows. That's why NBC dropped like, you know, what, seven or eight different trailers for new shows all in one day. Yep. I think the difference this year is that they're they're trying to get it for audiences also. Like Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for a long time, those upfronts weren't available to audiences. You know what I mean? They're like five or six minute no. trailers. And, you know, before the internet, you really couldn't. But I think they're learning from other shows like uh, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad. You know, they started uh, those little, the cable show started to show their previews. Right. So I think that yeah. they're kind of. Why is everybody so mad about Supergirl? I don't understand that. Because first well, of who's course, mad about it? Because that six minutes looked awesome. Well, first, there are some pervs that think that she should be like extra overly sexual. And they, they want like a porn star looking chick to be. No. Supergirl. Well, one, isn't she supposed to be 17? In the show, well, she's eighteen in the show. Yeah, she's an adult in this. She's out living on her own and right, she has right. A job well, and stuff. but still, I mean, but even I mean, that's not that's that's not, not the that's point. The shit, that's the shit Jamal had to go through when he when him and uh, Sterling Gates were doing their run of Supergirl. They were yeah. like, they wanted her to be you know be drawn and statuesque and you know sensual. But you know, the thing is, is you know, so she's realistic. still. She's still beautiful and kind of a little sexy in her outfit, in her mm. costume, in that. It's just not overt, you know, up-in-your-face sexual, and it doesn't need to be. Well, there's a – we have it, and even some of my own my own <laughs> brothers, I'm ashamed of some of the, some of the way they think about it. But it's, it's one thing to have a bunch of regular dudes walking around, and they're not sexual. Like, you don't watch the show for regular dudes. But when it's a it's a show it, but when it's a show that's featured a, a female cast, 
and none of them are are written to be overly sexual, it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this must be just for women, and you no, know, no, and I mean, and it's and just a chick show been, or something. Yeah, maybe it's been a little different recently, but you know, Felicity never was like overtly sexual on screen. She just had that nerdy chic hotness that you know. Well, she did look like sexy crazy. librarian. Yeah, she, yeah. She did have the sexy librarian. Um, I could give you a different example. I zombie. She's yeah, not overly yeah. sexual at all. You know, mm-hmm. she's just kind mm-hmm. of. I think but... the difference with if they did it with Constantine or they did it with I Zombie or something like that, that's not considered. You know, those are those are offshoot characters. They're not really. You know, the people think yeah. about that stuff are not really to that. When it comes to characters like Wonder Woman or Supergirl or. Catwoman or something like that, that's when it becomes, that's not how it's supposed to look. She's well, and I mean, like... you, you go back to the 70s and look at Linda Carter. Now, yeah, that w- she was kind of sexy looking in that outfit, but she didn't play that character as this, you know, overtly goes... sexual being. She just well, played it funny. as the character, you know? Well, it's funny because it... Should go, we I be saving this be... talk for the show? I'm, just... I'm actually <laughs> recording all of it, so... There's a th- but there's the thing. This is a double standard that, that so yeah. we, some of us have. Some men have. It's a thing. Like, we, there's, I, we get eye candy 24-7. Like there are women, there are always most shows. There are a lot of sexy women on on shows, even when it does like even for parts where it you would think, why does she look like she's a twenty five year old when it's a career thing where a woman wouldn't be wouldn't have that job until they're in their thirties, like they're you know thirties forties. It's just the way it's always you know it's just the majority. Why would an Amazonian what, princess wear star spangled panties if she's gonna go fight? Right. It's it's a thing, but like it's, but it's a double it's a double standard though because if it was all guys on a show, that's fine. Well, but, when you go back to the Linda Carter Wonder Woman though, she was put or you know this costume designer and all that everything was based upon the original character, which was drawn that way right. in the comics. You know, yeah, so, I mean, it was it, Wonder it Woman. It's sense. Amazon. It doesn't mean that something that was come up that, that William and Moulton Marston came up with in the forties needs to be adhered to to the letter now. Well, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that that there was. I don't. I don't think that there was this this push for this. You know, for her to be sexy on screen in the seventies. It was for her to emulate the character from the comic. Well, there was no push for Wonder Woman back then, anyway. No one would have known because there's no internet. Right. There's, right. there's only mail. There's only you can only send hate mail, and yeah. there were enough. And what the people watching Wonder Woman were children, yeah. and then some dudes, and, yeah. then, and then some older dudes. But they were not gonna go online and say, "I want to look at her half naked." That's not. It, it wasn't that option. They, you know, to say That's something true. like that. You're, you're this right. This is a different yeah. world. This is a whole no, different is. world. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I mean, I think you look at something like Xena, where you have like. You know, she's wearing armor, but it's still pretty mm-hmm. sexy, you know? And and she, you know, is sexy without being, like, sexualized. You know what I mean? Exactly. She's very, I mean, she, very confident, she, you know? Right. She wasn't pushing her sexiness in the character on screen. It just, she first of all, Lucy Lawless right. is just a beautiful woman to begin with. Well, even sexy, with her that character. That was great. But again, that, the, you know... The character was not, and then I was, say again, gender no was internet. not the sexual. Well, uh, well, we didn't have that type of internet like that. We didn't have that type I mean, of. It was still more male. I mean, like you send in mail or whatever, 
because remember they record they would tape all these shows and and put it out like they would tape these syndicated shows would get a season and then they would already film them and then they would put it out there was no time for you to sit there and you show a couple episodes and then people get mad and then they write in and then they'd be like well maybe we shouldn't continue it or whatever it was just you put it out and then people and it gravitated towards not just men like xena attracted women Right. To watch. She's a strong female, female character. Right. Right. So she attracted women. And remember, Hercules attracted women too. Like, me, yeah. we watch, males watched it, but a lot of women also watch Hercules. Well, Buffy's a good example too. I mean, she wasn't overly Buffy's sexual. another one. She wasn't overly sexualized. She was a strong female protagonist. And I thought of Buffy when I saw Supergirl. But again, yeah. it, 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 it. I did right. too. And you know what I thought of again? Veronica Mars. It very yeah, much reminded me of Veronica Mars. She was never her. sexual in her. In, in, her thing was she was raped. Early, so her character did not have sex for a while, right? Because she was dealing with the um, with the aftermath of being raped when she was drugged, right? So she didn't have sex until maybe the second season. Yeah, and then I mean, you had the same thing with Liv on I Zombie. I mean, she's just now starting a relationship with someone, just starting to have a relationship, well, turning to a zombie, and now you know, well, we'll get but it's that something later. that we yeah, turn into, say, yeah. <laughs> But when you, it's something about when you take the the older characters like a Wonder Woman or or something like like that, and you you put them out there, it something happens with some of us. <laughs> the mind just snaps, and we become different people, man. I like it's just you know boobs are not big enough, or she's not half naked enough. She's not she's too bland. I don't like that. Like she doesn't look like Superman wouldn't get that type of. Only thing Superman would have to be is in shape. There's no question. He's in shape. That's Superman. Mm-hmm. Batman. Right. He's in shape. That's Batman. That's all you got to be in shape. They're of course they're muscular in shape. Now she's in shape, but she's not sexy enough. She's likable. Mm-hmm. She seems to have charisma. She's uh, wholesome. You know what I mean? She just seems like a regular person that was kind of dealing with these things, and, and that that's is not what, what I they would want. Like to see in this show. They don't want wholesome. Well, they want they want sexy, sexy, and not. Sexy as in, because I thought she was sexy, especially when she was changing a different outfit, you saw what she could look like. Yeah. And this is only yeah. a trailer. But no, they don't want that. They want half, like, they want cleavage. They want, that's the that, that's the stuff that they want to see. Well, then create a, a Power Girl series, because that, well, it, then you'll get it, you know? Actually, you could do a Power series in this tone. I'd because it love that tone. to see Power Girl series, but not because of the sexual aspect of it, but because but Power Girl's an awesome character. But that's the craziness. <laughs> and then some people, dudes even are like, I don't want to see it because it's too female oriented. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, there are people griping it, about Charlie Stern and friggin' the next Fury Road. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, oh, and, that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's yeah a whole I'm just like, why? That's, why? That's a whole nother conversation, no. though, when it comes to that. That's a like it, it, uh, people don't like that. There's that they she appears to be. There were early complaints where, in some of the early scenes, where some people complained that she did too much of the heroic stuff in the trailers uh, compared uh, to that. Yeah, that was a really a complaint that I read early on, and people. You know that were when they test cased it, uh, some and I bet there were men came into it saying, "Well, why is she doing all the heroic stuff? Why is Mad Max?" Well, while we're here, why don't we? Just... 
can Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween and Sigourney Weaver in Aliens and uh, but that's you know, Angelina the... Jolie and Lara Croft and you know like all these other things. It is so weird. But for those me to hear were that. awesome. Yes, I know. <laughs> or but that Mila is so... and all the and they and they movies. weren't awesome for the sexual aspect of them. They were mm-hmm. awesome They're because they were great characters. female characters and i mean you know and and that's one of the things that you know going not trying to rehash an old conversation of feminists but that's one of the things that pisses me off about the whole joss whedon thing now i don't think he's actually handled the other side of this argument very well but the fact that they go after him for one something that was a collaborative effort but two one of the guys that has been prominently known for creating strong female characters, Buffy, Willow, well, that Fred famous, on Angel, quote Charisma Carpenter's character, you know, um, well, know I mean, Dollhouse. He, he had the famous quote. You know, they asked him at a con once. He's like, "Why do you, uh, why do you keep creating such strong female characters?" And he says, "Because you, people keep asking that question." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. like that's that's where he was coming from on that. And... Because it says something like Flash. When you look at Flash and you look at he's a guy. There's never a question of, and it goes with color too. I hear this with, with people of color too. You never hear the question of, oh, another a dude show. Like why is, why are they doing this about a dude? It's not even a question. Like if well, it's same thing with the. Yeah, I don't think that should be a question anymore anyway, because I go to a lot of comic cons. I talk to a lot of people in comic book forums and superhero forums and stuff online. And I will tell you right now, there are just as many girls and women in these chat deals at these cons and everything else. And I'm not talking about the little hot cosplay models that want an excuse to show off their body. I'm talking about nerdy girls that love comic books and 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 so the simple fact of saying that a superhero show, oh, it's another dude show, that's insulting because it, it's not. No, no, no. You're, you're taking it not from what I'm meaning. What I'm saying is when you see a uh, all-male show or mostly male show, there's never a question of oh, okay. why yeah, is there never another an male is show. There's never an outcry of that. This is the first show out of how many superhero shows where the lead is a female and the first thing to come out of the first negative now if you said i didn't like the tone of the show okay because that's not an argument that's either you like a tone or you don't that's subjective that's subjective but when you say oh what is the you know like it's too female oriented it's the protest the lead the hero of the show is a woman the name of the show is super girl (laughs) <laughs> but see, sometimes We're that's not, the ones not that have what. The with it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the ones that have a problem, it's not. They don't want. It's funny because that when I never understood when women say, "I don't like that type of porn." I like. I don't like that porn, even if it's all girl stuff, because it's generated towards what men want to see sex as, yeah. as opposed to. Something where men, men and women, we don't all see everything the same way. But you can tell, just the reactions make me see, I kind of get the point of what, what some women were talking about when they talk about how they would like to see female characters on TV. Just the reaction and the anger. Like, this Supergirl, this, there was no thing in here where she's half naked, really. There was no thing in here where she's having sex. There's no scenes of that. There were scenes of her being awkward it's okay to be a male awkward nerd but there was almost anger that there was a female awkward 
think like it looks like yeah. Alec McBeal. It looks like uh, they were just naming every all the but future female oriented shows. There has been. It's not like this is you know um, breaking a boundary here or anything. You go back almost 15 years and you look at the character Fred from the Angel TV show. She was very awkward and nerdy and everything else. And she ended up being one of the most, you know, strongest female characters with the exception of maybe yeah, but you know, Carpenter. But it's different you know? because it's not mine. People, the like I see things where, oh, this is not, this Supergirl is not mine, or this Supergirl oh. is mine, mm. or this Superman is mine. None of these are predispositions mine. as to what they should be. <laughs> right. And that's Wait, that's you... what why so many people had a, a problem with Man of Steel. Yeah. You know, they saw that, and they were like, well, this isn't, you know, it was a different take on the character. It's not People mine. saw the movie, and they were like, that's not my Superman. That's not the I will tell you. And, and people had, I mean, if you ever watch that that movie, The People versus George Lucas, there's this like sense oh, yeah. of entitlement now. It's not my yes. among fans that yeah. like are like saying, you know, you know, well, you know, I have I because I've invested so much time and my, my effort or whatever into this character that I feel like I'm part owner of it. And guess what? You're not, bro. You're not. It's not <laughs> mine. <laughs> I don't like I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, but they ain't not mine. Right. I don't own them. I don't get anything out of them being on. And well, I don't get a piece that, of money. You, know you like this. You, you. I think your problems with Guardians weren't even so much that that the. I mean, it was wasn't that they weren't yours. It's just that you didn't like the movie. You didn't like the tone right, of the movie. I'm, I mean, they could have used is, those characters in in like a configuration closer to the comic book. You probably could've. would have enjoyed it more. But they're not my control. I don't have control. But they're not mine. Right, exactly. Like when they do these movies, there's the chance that it's not going to be the tone or the the way that you like it or the version you like, because there's 20 million different versions of these characters well, over the years that have been written. You know, I've but said it before too. Is I used to be that that that, and sometimes I still rear its ugly. The ugly head of it, but I used to be. I mean, when they changed the whole new Fifty Two thing and all that, mm-hmm. I was I was having conniptions, you know. But it, it took, and you were not I, alone. Well, but I think I think it was. It may have been you, Jim, but it was somebody on the the Legion of Dudes that made the comment of, "Doesn't matter if it's good, great. If it's not, oh well. I can look over on my shelf, and all the stuff I love is still sitting right uh, there." Yeah, for me. that was me. It's, <laughs> and that's a yeah. personally, I love reinterpretations of these characters. I was a big fan of What If. I was a big fan of Elseworlds, yeah. Kingdom Come. I mean, you name it. I've read. You know, I've read those. You know, I have a huge digital file I downloaded from, mm-hmm. from Comicsology of all these different. You know. Um, uh, Elseworlds and stuff, so that is something that I really, really enjoy. Like the whole thing with with Secret Wars and Convergence, where they're showing like all these different versions of these characters. Yes. And these characters thrive on reinterpretation, but a lot of right. people don't see it that way. A lot of people no, say, you I know, I grew, I, I know this, I know this. Hold on, I know this, I know, I know this Superman. I grew up with Christopher Reeve. I know this version of seventies. You know what, Al Kupperberg, Kurt Swan, Superman. Anything that deviates from that is not my Superman, and I will totally dismiss it without giving it a chance. You know, I I grew up on seventies Batman. If my Batman is not grim and gritty, then uh, it's not my Batman, and I'm just going to totally dismiss it no matter what they do. You know, whereas I look at it, I'm like. I embrace it all. You know, I love the 80s Grim Gritty Batman. I love Batman 66. I know you don't, Daryl, but I do. You know, I love Batman Beyond. I love, you know, I mean, and with and New 52 is a good example. I gave every, I, I reviewed every single number one from the New 52 that came out that when they launched yeah. it. If you go back on HHWLD, you can read all those I reviews. I remember. I did every single number one. 
I gave every every single one of those books a chance because I was fine with them reinterpreting and doing a new thing. I was actually kind of excited about it. But it wasn't that it wasn't my Superman or it wasn't my Batman. I just didn't like the stories. And that's the bottom line for me. Are you going to tell me a good story? Do whatever you want with a character. You know? Do whatever. I mean, Batman Year 100 is barely a Batman story, but it's a great comic book. You know? I mean, I mean, well, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want with a character. Just tell me a good story. Right. You know? And you can't, well, argue, like, it's not even an argument with me if someone says, I read it and I didn't like it. That's not an argument. That's a, you didn't like it. Like, subject, the, my opinion, thing is, subjective, yeah. right, but when I, my eyebrow goes up when I, when I see the, this is not mine, this is not my Superman, so this is wrong. This, right. this is wrong. Exactly. This is not what it's supposed to be. This is all wrong. At least they've got this right. Like, that's when my eyebrow goes, wait a minute, what are you talking about? It, it's, there's not right. a right or wrong. You don't like this interpretation of the character exactly. that you well, use. Well, and exactly. look what happens when, uh, uh, they take a character, they try to make it as literal as they can to the comic, and then they try to throw every bit of that character's rogues gallery or whatever into one film, and then we end up with the Green Lantern movie, which could have been awesome. I have a better example I think, than that. Look, I, look, at the, look at the Watchmen movie. The Watchmen yes, movie yeah, has, has line for line, note for note, shape for shape, right out of the comic. A lot of those shots are taken directly from the way Dave Gibbons laid out those art, the art in that comic, you know. But you know what? It didn't make a good movie. It was too slavish to the to the original material, and there was too and it was too dense, and it couldn't really reflect all that in a two hour, hour movie. And I, think, I still I think enjoyed it. it. I did. You know yeah. what? I really enjoyed the director's cut. The, yes, I like yes. the four-hour cut a lot better. Um, I think we all like the longer cut of Age of Ultron better too. But anyway, I mean, I think it ultimately hurt that movie that it was so close to the source material right. and like so, you know, in reverence of it that it didn't make any changes at all. The uh, the best part of that movie for me was that um, the the title sequence, and that was totally original. That was not in the book. Yeah. That was something Snyder came up with on its own. You know, when they have like the little flashes of what's going on, they're trying to tell the history of that world. Um, that was like one of my favorite parts of that movie, and that you know nowhere near the book. Now, so I mean, my... for these people that like, I'm sorry, Joe, mm-hmm. but like you know they you know they we get an interpretation of something, and it's like, oh, well, that's not my Batman story, that's not my Daredevil, that's not my whatever, whatever. Like Daryl says, they're dismissing every other interpretation of that character. Totally. You know what I mean, they have like yeah. this one laser focus on you know Batman has to be this, or else it's not. And Batman. then get the history wrong, and then and you the... go and tell other people that they're wrong. And then, I mean? and then, what really pissed You're me wrong off for is liking. that. And then they would get it wrong. They would say Superman never did this. Superman never did that. And then you put up evidence of stories that we've read. Like, don't try to throw up that you read for so many years. Like, you know more than someone else. Like, then that—that's a thing too. When people try to throw up. That I'm a real fan of it, like right. that, like I'm, you know, even if you just came into starting to read the character, you're not fan enough. If right. you're not a, re- if you're you're a know real what? fan, you'll be open to other interpretations. And if you like that version of it, you're wrong because that's the right. wrong Batman. Because you can't story. be a real fan. And someone had said that to me one time, like you can't love the character of Superman and like and enjoy Man of Steel. And yes, you know, tell and me that well, on my own Facebook. Yeah, I was like, what? Well, because I, here's the thing. Here's an excellent is, example from that. You know, oh, in, go ahead. in the John Byrne run, Superman killed Zod. Yeah. Yes. 
And like he did that in the comic back in the eighties. Yes, he did. Yes, and he did. I remember when the movie came out. I was like, "Oh, Superman doesn't kill. He would never kill. Blah blah blah. He would never do that." You know. That's what I meant by evidence. Like yeah. it was posted on the site. I remember when the movie came out and someone had posted. I think John Wilson had did, posted the pages when Superman sadly kills the three villains because he didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Because they were too dangerous to be allowed to go. Because they destroyed a planet. And and just the the response wasn't, you know what, you're right. That is a physical evidence that, that happened. No, it's to ignore that and to keep arguing the same crap over and over again. Well, That's and not you know, real. That's not a real story. That doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't... And I would even it's say... It's still I, a story. Right. But I bet you... All the people that yelled at how much they hated Man of Steel because of the tone. I, 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 I want to really want to know how many of them are going to support this Supergirl show. Yeah, The ones who make it a business to every day. There are people that constantly, like at least a couple times a week, have to post how much they hate Man of Steel's tone. And I, I wonder hate. if they're going to support the show. I remember back in 1986... When Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns came out. And every Batman fan I knew at the comic shop. Oh, he's ruined Batman. He's made yes, Batman yes, a killer. Right, he's yeah, made Batman a brute. He's, you know, he's hyper-violized. Uh, vi- made you know, him hyper-violent. And you know, he's sexualized Robin. And he's ruined mm-hmm. Batman for generations. Horrible. How could you? And that's been the blueprint for Batman now for like, what, 30 years? Yes. And Stoll is one of the it's... best Batman comics ever now. Yeah, now that time has gone by, you know? Exactly. So. Well, with the Man of Steel, I have to say, when the, the first trailers were coming out, I had that thought. I, I didn't really publicize the thought, but I had the thoughts of, this isn't a Superman I recognize or anything like that. And I had some very serious concerns going into the film. But I'm a big sci-fi fan. And I everything that they changed and they did different, the fact that Krypton, the that you know they had the whole you know, where they were uh, colonizing other planets and all that other stuff, the whole, uh, what was the skull thing called, the Matrix or whatever? Yeah. Uh, 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 that, or the Codex. That, the Codex. I thought, yes, there was a lot of the Superman I know that got lost in that, but I so much enjoyed the science fiction aspect of it. I loved what's his name as Zod. I thought he pulled off a fantastic character. Michael that Shannon. was yeah, Michael Shannon. That's not any different, or that that is very different than what we've seen before. Yet still was true to the nature of Zod. You know, I that you know, and then we have this Fantastic Four movie coming up. I've expressed my concerns about eh, things don't seem very well, all that other stuff. These last couple of trailers that we've seen, I'm excited now. I still think I'm, you know, that I'm going in with cautious expectations, but that footage has convinced me that this could end up being a pretty damn good movie. You know, I could be wrong. We'll see. But, you know, these people that have all these preconceived notions, you know, just like we're we're talking about the Supergirl trailer and that whole thing. Besides that fact, I mean, my only concern about that footage that we've seen in those six minutes was how they're portraying Jimmy Olsen. And it's not because he's a black guy. I don't care about that. What I care about is, you know, Jimmy Olsen's always been kind of the clumsy, nerdy guy. And this guy looks like a jock. 
you know, but I'm still going in with an open mind because maybe they're going to have a version of Jimmy Olsen that's kind of cool. Oh, let's be real. He, he's eye candy for women. Yeah. That's and I ain't mad at that. And I'm not mad at that because guess what? We get it all the time. We get eye candy all the time. Velicity, Canary, we get, we get it. We constantly get that. Nisa, yeah. they don't they don't get schlubs to be to be the female. Uh, yeah. Well, and again, and I'm not dismissing it because of it. I'm just saying is no. That's I'm, the only I thing agree. That's, a little that's off, not you know? Jimmy. That's not the Jimmy that we're used to. This this Jimmy is a cool Jimmy. This Jimmy is muscular, yeah. cool, yeah. smooth. That it's a different Jimmy. They did it, and I know exactly why they did it. I, they're gonna give the women something to look at. And he could end up being a completely awesome character, for all we know. So you know, and if even if somebody said, "Oh, but that's not the Jimmy Olsen I'm used to," I would not even argue with you because you're right. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you are totally right. But you know what? But that that doesn't change what's sitting over here in all my Superman graphic novels I'm staring at go. right now. That's not even an argument. It's not, that, that stuff's not you even know much. I got a long box full of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen and that they're not changing because of the Supergirl show no. you know yeah okay. nope not. that was the, the I kind of borrowed that from uh, from Dashiell Hammett you know the guy that wrote the Maltese Falcon and stuff uh-huh because uh, it came to his house and he was sitting there in his library and they're interviewing him and they're like how do you feel about what they've done to all your stories, making the movies and whatever? He looks over his bookshelf. He goes, "Nothing. Nobody did anything to my stories. They're right that. there." <laughs> I that. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, if you want that old school Superman, grab an old Superman. But essentially, I, you know. Look, everybody that has an agenda, like all the people that have this agenda about Man of Steel, I I want to see what these numbers are going to be for the CBS show. And I even said that, like everybody that's jumping to go, well, that's not the, you know, like oh, oh, now they got Supergirl right. Okay, if you feel that way, I hope that you're gonna actually support the show. Another instead thing of all came... those posts, instead of all those fifty posts of how terrible Man of Steel is and how terrible all the movies for this that haven't even come out yet, but how terrible they're going to be. Ultimately, that show's gonna have to stand on its own, though. It really is to to get an audience to keep it on CBS. I mean, it's yeah. going to have to go. Yeah, I, yeah, so the, the, I'm just like, because well, the there's only... people getting, there's these diehard Big Bang Theory people that are posting to that article. Oh, yeah. In the comments oh, section sure. talking about how, the, you know, this suit, stupid Supergirl show is going to be nothing compared, you know. I, honestly, you can't compare the two. The only thing they have in common is a bunch of nerds who like superheroes, and this is a superhero well, see, show. That's the, this is just <laughs> these people that like, that's just people that like a particular show. And they don't want it to move in time slots, and they—that's—that's that's what that's more about than anything else. But we'll have to see. Like the the biggest hurdle for Supergirl is going to be this is not CW. These numbers are different. Right. This show is going to have to have talk to Constantine about that. Yeah. These these numbers are going to have to be. They're they're going to be looked at through a different lens than Gotham than CW. Totally different lens. And I'm thinking that the writing and the, the production design must be good or else the executives at CBS wouldn't have gone ahead to order the series based exactly. just on the pilot. So exactly. I think it's good. They're going to shoot for a really quality show that appeals to like mm-hmm. not only male geeks but also females. And, and it got to um, be stronger than even than even uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten kind of a... Yeah. has gotten kind of a be able to ride off of the fact that Disney owns... Yep, and there's been, I mean, they've you know. had some soft weeks there with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where Flash has beaten in the ratings. Yeah. Right, and they let it slide. Yeah. Last so, week, and, 
Flash beat the season finale of Agents of Shield. Agents of, of That's not the only show they beat. Flash beat Agents of Shield quite a few shows. Right. Right, but so, I'm just but, saying. I mean, for right. for them to beat that season finale where all this inhuman stuff was going to be released, you know, doesn't matter. That, I bet that, you, I bet you, any kind of money, if <laughs> Disney did not own ABC, Agents of Shield wouldn't have got a second season. I totally agree with that statement because it's not yeah. pulling in the oh. kind of ratings that shows uh, no. they were in that slot before we're pulling. Not even with that plus seven thing. That's not That's what right. they want. They want Which something is stronger the than that. Plus seven network. That canceled No Ordinary Family after one season, and that right. was a show. It was a show, all right. But they didn't. Get, it didn't matter like, about that. I, I like No Ordinary Family. It was. We, it could have been stronger. It was definitely it, a show. I, I'm a big fan that of Julie. Was on TV. Well, we should start. We should start. We yeah, should let's get, get recording. Well, yeah, we've been talking. Why don't you go chatty, ahead. Get all the chatty out of the way before the show starts, and then we won't have anything to say. It's gonna be me doing uh, recaps, and you guys going, uh huh. <laughs> that happened. And that yep, happened. I remember that. Hey, hey, I, I think this banter's been good for the listeners to hear. So, but let's go ahead and get into it. What episode is this? Episode twenty-nine. Should we just take it from here? Like that will be the yeah, opening. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. DC TV podcast episode twenty-nine, guys. Penultimate episode of the Flash called Rogue Air. I Zombie it has uh, Patriot Brains. <laughs> I love the titles of that show. Great yeah, and of course the finale, season finale of Arrow. I am Oliver Queen, plus tons of no, news. You're Jim Deets. No, I am Oliver Queen. Oh, okay. I had uh, to become something else, but now I'm Oliver Queen. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird voiceover. <laughs> to record that as a voiceover. I had to become someone else to save this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to become someone else to record this podcast. But joining me as always on the DC TV podcast, the delivery boy for the meat cute cartoucherie, uh, Mr. Chub Toad Sheldon. Yay, meat. I, I, when we get to iZombie, I really, I want to, I wrote down some of the names of some of the dishes that they serve at meat cute, and I thought it, I, it would be pretty funny. And finally, the man who is now Winith Al Ghul, now that Malcolm Merlin has become Raish Al Ghul, Mr. Daryl Taylor. I hope Nisa doesn't kill me. Man, you gotta watch your back with that one. Because she was like, I'm going to kill you. But what a way to go. Mm. And then I shot Neo. <laughs> but wow, what a great week for uh, for DCTV, guys. Um, the, the Flash was incredible. It was like overstuffed with guest stars. And then the and big not even the showdown. Finale. And they're not even at the finale yet. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I what was the like, hell? My jaw was on, on the floor by the end of that one. Um, I was ready to record this show after that episode finished because I was so excited about it because it's doubt. so awesome. Well, what they should have called this episode was my dad told me told me so because everything that Joe tried to tell him a that, couple of shows ago not to do, he did, and he learned. He learned his lesson yep. in this show. Then we got you know Liv struggling with whether she is able to kill someone or not, which is pretty. That was rough. I told rough. you, man. I know. I know my. I know my Veronica Mars, and I know how they are. And I knew it's gonna. It was gonna go there. That it always episode, does. With the exception of a mistake by a prop master, was an excellent episode. And then, of course, the season finale of the Arrow was just, um, as the kids say, on fleek. I think it's isn't that, isn't that isn't that a phrase? I'm I'm so hopelessly out of touch. Maybe I'm um, out of touch too. I don't know. Let's start out with Rogue Air from the Flash. Okay. It's, uh, let's uh, do it. Season one, episode twenty-two. 
Oh, and we got a lot of a lot a lot of news to get to you guys. A lot of stuff went down this week on, on these TV. A lot of stuff just today, about. just <laughs> today, let alone like yeah, last week. Day. So, um, Rogue Air is the title. Uh, episode, uh, episode twenty-two of the season, uh-huh. penultimate episode before our season finale. And uh, Barry's got a problem. <laughs> a bunch of problems. He's got a bunch of problems. Um, Issues. We uh, they find out that uh, first. I mean, uh, first of all, they uh, they find they figure out where uh, Wells has been hiding all this time mm-hmm. in the particle accelerator. How do they figure this out? Because Wells has fired up part of the particle accelerator to get it going, uh, and he's about to reignite the entire thing. Uh, unfortunately, that would literally vaporize all the all the villains they have stashed down there. Uh, at this re- at this point, it'll be Deathbolt, Rainbow Raider, Peekaboo, Weather Wizard, and the Mist. They find. Wells' little hideaway uh, where he has activated the, uh, the particle accelerator. And in there, they find Eddie Thawne. Well, who, yeah. Who is in rough shape. Well, that Joe was the one that found it because they didn't even hear it. Right. And it was Joe, the hero. They go down to check it out. Reverse Flash comes speeding out of the pipeline and Barry runs after him. That leaves Joe and Cisco to deal with Peekaboo. I love that. Which means, actually, they got their butts kicked by Peekaboo. Yeah, she's <laughs> and, a little bloodthirsty uh, right now. Um, and luckily, Iris shows up and knocks her out with a pipe from behind. Go, Iris! Finally being a useful yeah. engine, huh? <laughs> and what did I say? When she's not the foil anymore, she's a very useful character now. They find Eddie down there. He's been weakened. And they find uh, Wells' futuristic key thing. It seems to be charging up the particle accelerator, but they're not sure what. Barry runs after uh, Wells, but uh, he gets outrun by him, of course, because he's faster. You know, Barry apologizes to Eddie for not finding him, and Eddie... In a very cryptic way, says, you know, well, sometimes you can't see the clues, even if they're right in front of your face. Looking right at Iris and Barry, I'm just like, aw, dude. Come on. Uh, Cisco figures out that the particle accelerator will be charged in about 36 hours. Uh, Iris tries to take Eddie home to to recuperate. Team Flash decide they have to move them. Barry suggests moving them to Oliver's prison on Lee and Yu. Uh, that doesn't sit too well with Joe, because they're moving them from one illegal prison to the other. In fact, <laughs> Joe talks to the DA about it, and the DA is like, you know, uh, no, <laughs> no, I thought that was kind no. of a stupid move. I, I, I'm like, you know, even if he's good friends with her, doesn't mm. matter. That was really kind of a bonehead move. Well, I, I mean, just... he didn't go into particulars. Yeah, he did, and she's very. I, they seem to be really good friends, because she really went quick no. to be like, don't tell yeah. me. Nothing else, right? And if you because I might be the you'll... one prosecuting you right. in the future, right? And if well, you, that's a if problem. If you're smart, you'll distance yourself as far yeah. from it as you can as well. And that's a problem right now for this universe is they don't have prisons for metahumans at all. They have right. no legal system to deal with these metahumans that are in this world. Well, that's the point that Joe brings up to the DA is like, you know, these aren't exactly the kind of guys who can throw in Iron Heights, you know. Right. You got to deal like, and they have to like next season. If there has to be something they that they well, have now, to do. Isn't Argus a sanctioned agency? No. To where they're not? Okay. Argus is secret. That's that's. Well, odd. no, I, I know it's a secret, but I'm just saying a secret, a, sec- a, a government-sanctioned secret agency, is it not? I think it's hide the money, hide the... Like, yeah, I, maybe. I think that it's... Uh, plausible deniability is what they want to have. Yeah, they're like a black book operation. There's no, right. like, Argus... You know, on the books or whatever, it's um, it's part of probably like the dark budget. You know what I mean? That... And they're they're gonna have to come like these metas. Some of some of them, some of these metas are out there murdering people and not answering for their crimes. Like, and eventually, right. something has to be done 
to be able to bring these matters to court. Like they have to have their day in court for people to be able to prosecute and all that stuff. And to do that, they're going to have to build technology that can, like, I think you were onto something in this episode that he came up with. He'll just have to perfect that. Those dampeners. He'll have to perfect that, but they're going to need, you know, I really think that they're going to have to, like, they're going to have Star Labs kind of do some stuff with, make a section of Iron Gates where to hold metahumans. Or I think Argus is going to have to step up and do something along the lines of uh, one or the other. That's that's how Star Labs can get funding. If they, if they were to start, you know, like, Giving, like, try giving cops the weapons, like they were helping the cops um, with weapons to subdue people with powers. If they started doing that and maybe helping prisons to hold them, that could be a way the Star Labs could make money to keep being able to help other metahumans who are not evil who want help. It's definitely something they're gonna have to address in the next season for sure. Have to. Yeah, there's no way they can let that go. Barry really seems like he has no alternatives in, in this. Uh, so yeah. much so that he goes to uh, Leonard Snark for help. Really cool little bit here when uh, Snark's in the bar. He turns on the jukebox and plays Cold as Ice <laughs> by Foreigner. I thought that was cool. Barry asks him what Snark wants. And he explains to Snark that if these metahumans get out, there's less city for him. You know, there's How's he going to you know make uh, his fortune if the, you know, there is no city, if the city itself has been destroyed by these metahumans? So right. Snark says, okay, this is what I want. And he passes a piece of paper to Barry, something written on it. And Barry says, I can't deliver on that. I can't help you with that. that. That's impossible. But we never find out what it is. Right. I'm curious. Any any thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't think of what he would want outside of what he already wanted later and what we find out the other thing he asked for. So right. I don't know what that could possibly be, because he already got his sister back. Like he's his sister's not captured or anything. I don't think they're gonna add it. There's no other siblings for him. So I don't, I don't know. I had a guess. What's what you guess? Super speed. What I if he wanted guess. super speed, like the Flash huh. had? Yeah. Well, how yeah. would he be able to grant him that? He wouldn't. Well, be. he can't. That's why he says he can't do it. And it's impossible. Yeah. But Snart doesn't know that. No. Snart doesn't know how or why he became the Flash. True. Yeah, he doesn't That's know true. that. So maybe he thought it was something that you know, a chemical or a drug or something he could. You know, be a part. Knowing of him, he would. Knowing him, he would kind of think yeah. that. So that was my guess. He asked him for super speed. You could be right. You could. But in, you could uh, right. And the second thing he requests is to have every bit of him erased from Central City. All the evidence, mm-hmm. all of, you know, all the files on him, his identity, everything. Uh, much like Selena Kyle in Dark Knight Rises, actually. You know what I would have done though? I, I think I would have done. I'll get you your evidence from the locker, but I'm not going to take out all the info unless you help me do this. Right. But Barry, because Barry if, seems too desperate and not willing to make a good deal. Well, Barry's fallen into a, a false sense of thinking that he has... Um, well, he'll find out. As you go on, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, when I was thinking that you know he should have delivered on the physical evidence and then you know, said the rest of it will be once this job is completed. You know, that yeah. which would have been more incentive for Snart to not make a dick move, you know. Which, you know, Joe tells him immediately that's exactly how it's going to end. Right. You, you got a scorpion, they stink. Right. 
the deal. It's that old story about the, the monkey that rides the back of the crocodile, and the crocodile mm-hmm. says, oh, I won't eat you, yep. I won't eat you, and then he eats you, and anyway, he goes, hey, I'm a crocodile, what did you expect, right? And we... And he's come to kind of believe. I think he's come to kind of think that Stark is more of a man of honor than he is, and he learns the hard way that he's not. That he's not. And he tells him straight up. I mean, Stark tells uh, Joe and all, you know, I'm a, I may be a criminal, but I'm a man of my word. And we we find out here that really not the case. No. Uh, Eddie breaks things off with Iris. Because of what Wells showed him about the future, he tells her that she really loves him. She'll let the relationship end, which seems to be setting up for him ended up becoming Eobard Thawne in the finale, like we talked about last week. But we'll see what happens. They trust Stark to help him. Really stupid. Joe tells him how stupid it is. But we get a couple of really funny um, scenes with Lisa Snart and Cisco. Oh, where Lisa's like kind of flirting with him, telling him how smart he's sexy. Who thinks that they're gonna have a team up next season? Her and the him and the sister vibe in the golden glider. Yes, who thinks that they're gonna have a team? Because I actually kind of it would be fun. I, I part of me thinks that they're gonna go with that. She kind of does have a little little thing for him. I just think a little she bit. does, and just a little and bit. I think they will have a team up, either a superhero team up or a more intimate team up at some point in the near future. Oh my! Because he because he's nice. I think it's a it's a thing of you know how guys like a bad girl. He's she's a bad girl that likes kind of like he's nice he's really nicey nicey with honor and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of something she's attracted to i think she's also att- attracted to his intelligence well i think part of it too is it, i mean it has to be said not taking anything away from cisco i think part of it's kind of like psychological warfare to keep cisco's mind off of what was going on you know what i mean oh, that she, too. she that knew too. what she had to know what leonard had in mind Oh, I'm keeping Cisco off his guard by flirting with him like that was definitely a psych thing. Um, And I I agree with that, but I still think there was some bit of genuine flirtation there. Because she seems to get to to get excited by doing things out the norm because she's bored. Boredom is her thing. Like Mm -hmm. like she does not like to be bored and she likes she doesn't like to be predictable. That's her character kinda. How it's the stat has been how it has been established. And She's a thrill seeker, so her, she's already done the the dangerous stuff as a thrill, but this is kind of a different thrill, like you know. Kind yeah, of and a... she seemed truly interested in having him give her her name. You know, I did like the, the part. I did like the part where right. um, she says, "I did enjoy kissing you, Cisco," and Caitlin's like, "You kissed her?" Yeah, <laughs> and he says, "Under <laughs> duress." Caitlin is such the older sister. Like, yeah, come no on. Doubt. And then there was the scene where they're in the truck together, and uh, she's like, come on, you make up all the names for everybody. Make yeah. up a name for me, too. And he comes up with Golden Glider. And he made it sound so dirty, didn't and, he? And that one line he had, too, he's like, man, I, I hate being the good guy this this Yes. Week, <laughs> this week, but whatever it was. I would love to see those two have to work together for something like something happens and they have to it's not, like either the flash and and leonard get kidnapped or something and they have to work together to, to save them that'd be so cool to see that it's something we could possibly through. see in a crossover when legends gets going that's true yeah that that yeah that that good the uh the pile of the many humans into a truck that has a dampener a power dampener that this gets built up they're mm-hmm. not getting along very well um not at all the uh, the guy who plays Zaz on uh, uh, Gotham is picking a fight with the Weather Wizard. Weather Wizard is picking a fight with Chroma or Wayne Rainbow Raider, however you want to call him. 
Shauna Peekaboo is just kind of laughing at all the testosterone in the room. But once they get there, uh, on their way there, they realize the dampener isn't working for some reason. Uh, it's starting not to work, and they're starting to get their powers back. And uh, Martin, the weather wizard, is able to take out the Argus plane that uh, that uh, Flash had set up to come pick them up. Oh, and I don't want to miss this huge Easter egg. They pull into Ferris Air to wait for the plane, and it's closed down. And somebody, I forget who asked, is it, why is this place closed down? And they said, oh, they had a test pilot disappear a little while ago. Yes, Which makes me hope for the Green Lantern, buddy. I'm yeah. telling you, because you know exactly who they were talking about. Oh, total, total, uh, total oh yeah. There, man. I, of course. I, uh, of course. I have a question for you about the, the truck and the dampeners, though. Is, you know, Cisco and, and everyone, they kind of think things through a little bit and have contingencies. Not all the time, but in this case of, of how sensitive this operation was, they, mm-hmm. they flooded them with, um, you know, whatever to knock them out when they were in their um, super collider cages. Right. Why did they not equip that truck with something like that? So if the dampeners were failing, it would automatically spray whatever into the truck so it knock them out. See, I will remember they're on. I was thinking they should have had more backup plans or consistent contingency right. plans too. But then you got to realize they only had thirty six hours to put everything together. That's what I, I was about True. to say. Like if he if they had gotten the time, like if they had a week to do this, then I would see him being able to build. He like, you built have to build freaking that dampeners in no time to put in a truck. Not in no time. That well, probably took sorry. all the time. If they had a week, they could have took... taken one of them at a time with right. like, you know, True. ways yeah. to, to deal with each of their powers and stuff. But yeah. he had to build a dampening cage for that for all of them, to carry all of them in, in one thing. Like, that's a lot of time. Remember, it's just him. Like, there's only him and Caitlin, and, like, there's not a team of them, of technicians that are building this right. stuff for him. Well, why even go with the dampeners anyway? If you have them unconscious, just keep them unconscious. Keep you know, because you well, don't know we, when it. We also find out Snark kind of sabotaged things. Well, yeah, right. It would have worked if he didn't do that. Like, mm-hmm. but but the whole thing is when you, it's a rough science of of drugging somebody. Like, it doesn't mean they're going to stay asleep. Like, sometimes some people's bodies, their their uh, resistance is is more than others. That's so why you, you hook you need up to an IV of propanol and, and go. You but know? you need dosages, and you but that's stuff that you need time with, and you could kill somebody if you don't. Right, and I mean, the metahumans, I mean, who knows how their different physiologies work would react to those different drugs. You there's know? nobody studying these people. Yeah. Like, there's no well, one there. whatever mm-hmm. drug they used to knock them out in their cages worked. So for just a time, but they probably did it right away. The I mean, time, the time, again, they were on a time budget. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, 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 and the point. And Snart was working against their. And Snart was working against their purposes. Right. And Tellsbury is, you know, yeah. as much. Yeah. They sabotaged the little transfer so he could have them all mm-hmm. owe him something, and I'll have them all be in the rogues gallery right. under his command. Right. And I realize it's also a pointless argument on my part because it's what helps their story go forward. I'm just saying it's just. Well, no. I'm, even you asking the question gets us to explain. Like people, I'm pretty sure other people ask the same question. Right. Like, why didn't he do this or why didn't he do that? So this is us kind of. Expl- I would, you know, just giving it from the point of view of the people doing it. Like yeah. they're on a time constraint and they have no staff. And I mean, to be to be fair, this is kind of an overstuffed episode. There's a lot going on in here. So other listen, I mean, people sure. listening to this show who watched it might have missed that as well. That's the mm-hmm. same question. So I mean, yeah, it's not so a stupid, stupid question at all. I mean, if you no, not if, no if, you know, if 
if you thought that, I'm sure at least a dozen people who listen to this who watch the show might have thought that too. So. I thought about the gas uh, mm-hmm. back when I was watching it, but then I thought, and then they said something about the time again, and then I thought, wow, well, yeah, like who's going to build all that? He's not super fast. It's only the Flash that's fast like that. Right. The, um, the, the solid feces hits the rotary oscillator. The, the plane goes down in flames. Uh, Flash by himself against all of his enemies aren't doing too great. Caitlin gets uh, um, zapped by Chroma and goes kind of crazy, starts beating up on Cisco and stuff. Uh, eventually, Flash is knocked down, and Deathbolt's about to take him out, but Captain Cold saves him. Yeah. And, and Star explains that he sabotaged the escape because he's trying to increase the ranks of his rogues. And he wants yeah. them, and every single one of them now owes him a favor, even Barry now, because he saved his life. You know, and even though everybody saw the double cross coming, Barry didn't. You know, afterwards, he's mm-hmm. talking to Joe, and he's like, you know, Oliver would have been prepared for his double cross, whatever he would have known what to do. Um, you know, despite being reminded several times by Joe that he can't trust Snart, you know, Barry, Barry still did. But Joe explains to him that Barry's willingness to save the metahuman shows that he's more compassionate than the Arrow. He wanted to save yes. people's lives. If it had been Oliver's choice to make, he might have just left him down there, you know. He might have saved one or two of them, and, and the, the real bad killers, he might have just left them down there. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene and great dialogue from Joe. I really, that was good. Yeah, and he's been trying to tell him this, like, this was episodes ago. Like, this is not just from this episode. He has dabbled in the dark side a little before. Mm-hmm. And he's tried to tell him about that all the way to even the crossover with, with Arrow. Right. The and there's first crossover. And it's, there's many types of heroes. There's. Mm-hmm. You're true vigilantes that break all the rules to be a hero. Right. There, you know, there are guys like Barry that, you know, they're going to lead with their heart, mm-hmm. you know, over, you know, and and try to do the right thing and still be the hero, you know. And then, I mean, right. it just it goes. It's just different all the way around. I mean, to me, yep. with the exception of now, what's happened in, when we get to Arrow and discuss it, but to me, Nissa even seemed like somebody that could be considered a hero, but she's definitely not somebody that puts the good step, good foot forward each time, you know? Right. You know, so it, it just depends. And, that, and that's what was good about what Joe said to him is because you are not that hero. You are this hero. And it, right. doesn't, make, it doesn't make you a different, um, or it doesn't make your mission different than Oliver's, but it mm-hmm. makes the way you go your about it different. different. Your methods are different, yeah. Right. Again, very much Superman and Batman dichotomy here. Totally. Yep. But we haven't even gotten to the awesomest part of the show. No. <laughs> After all that goes down, uh, the particle accelerator is fully charged, and Wells uh, like walks right through the gates of Star Lab to to start up the next step of his plan. Uh, Barry goes out to confront him, and Wells is like, yeah, whatever, I'm faster and stronger than you, Barry. Forget about it. But uh, this time, Barry isn't alone. Uh, no. On his left... Oliver still in his uh, Al Sahim. Uh, I get love up. that outfit. I do. I love it. I do. Oh, it's great. And, and it has better armor. Mm-hmm. Oh, we find that out. It saves his life. Yep. Better. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And on his right, Firestorm in all of his nuclear glory. He um, must have took a pay cut not to talk though. Firestorm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say a word. Do you really yeah. need to say anything when you show up with flames shooting out of you? Really? I no, mean, no. You're no. kind of making your point. <laughs> Not at all. But the it nukes just do the talking, you know. Yeah, but it was just funny how he was like, he didn't even talk. He was just 
I'm shooting fire. There's a, a short fight. I thought this fight would be longer, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, this was like two freaking episodes. They jammed. I know, I know. I, and I thought this confrontation wasn't going to come till next episode too. Isn't? Yeah, I thought so too. But uh, the confirmed Barry, you know, starts to fight him, and, and uh, Wells is being cocky. He's like, "Oh, this will be fun." Mm-hmm. Uh, Arrow injects him with nanites created by Ray Palmer. It starts Smart. to shut down and leech off his super speed. Smart. Uh, yeah, Robbie's uh, Robbie's able to take him off guard with his nuclear flame. Um, uh, he, but uh, Reverse Flash like, kind of knocks him out of the block, and uh, Flash has to go catch him. In that period of time, uh, Arrow nails him again with another nanite arrow, and this time he goes down. Right, well, right before that, that was very cool scene where um, Reverse Flash is able to vibrate all those nanites right out of him. Right, but then the second and, time and he then gets it, it, Yeah, 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 but I, I was like, that was a cool effect, cool scene. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, a couple of times, Oliver almost lost it, too. He was almost gone. Yeah. And then he told, oh, and they tell Oliver how long he was going to live. He said, you lived to 86 you know, the history books say you lived to be 86 years old. I guess I'm going to rewrite history today. And uh, sure enough, there he is on the ground, unconscious, undepowered, the reverse flash. And that's where they end the episode. Yeah. To which I was like, John the Four, why? Like, what? I was like, it can't be that again, easy. I did not expect, uh, I didn't expect the fight to be that short. I didn't mm-hmm. expect you it know. to be on this episode. I thought it was going to be on the finale for sure. Oh, totally. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really. It was a really cool fight though, the way it went out. Oh, I did. I loved it. I loved it. Yep. Yes, it was awesome. It did have that. It, oh, and the thing uh, about what he said to, to him when he dies at eighty six or whatever, as as if anything that Back to the Future taught us is that the future is never solidly written. So. Well, they've already changed. I mean, I think it's, it's, the history's already changed. Yeah, Eobard's already it. changed the history by accelerating the uh, the creation of the Flash. Remember, he says the right. particle accelerator wasn't even built until 2020 by the Wells in his timeline. Yeah, and everybody that everybody that Barry has saved from the beginning to this would not have been, you know, probably all of them would not have been saved. And I get a feeling that next week we're going to find out how mutable or immutable time is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did too. Um, the, one interesting thing about this episode, it opened with a monologue by Wells. Mm-hmm. A very uh, very haughty, kind of arrogant, and then uh, uh, bit by Wells. And then by the end, his arrogance has led him to hubris, and he, you know, he yep. underestimates Barry's resourcefulness and goes down, goes down hard. So, totally. can't wait for the next episode. As always, this is a great one. Um, we now we now have all of the rogues out and loose, <laughs> yeah. And under Snart's command, we have um, you know the the little beginnings here of what of you know like a core of a Justice League maybe, you know, uh, mm-hmm. going up against Definitely. the Reverse Flash, and you know the big bad of this entire ep- this entire season is down for the count. So mm-hmm. pretty awesome, pretty awesome episode, guys. As always for for the Flash, I think it hasn't been a bad episode I, I can think of. Totally. Oh yeah, all the episodes are on my DVR. I have not raced none of them. I have to keep them so I can rewatch it. Sorry. Just one quick question: Where do you think that uh, Oliver showing up falls in the timeline of Arrow? Because I get the, people. Some people have been questioning that online. I think, based on what we see in Arrow, that when he gets on the plane with uh, uh, Raja Ghul heading t- to the city, 
that he makes a comment. Doesn't it seem like this happened before that episode of Arrow? Mm. At least it did to me. I, I think he was still part of the uh, the. He was still undercover with Roz, so I think right before. See, I don't know. I think that. it was after everything that went down, but before he left with Felicity. You know what I mean? You sure? Well, because I mean, he said. I mean, at the beginning of the episode of Arrow. Uh-huh. Um, they're like Barry, they're like asking Barry to stick around, and he says, oh, "I have to go have a very poignant conversation with Wells." Oh, but then, but even, but but Barry, I mean Barry, but Oliver didn't he also say that I have to get back to I have business with the league or something? Maybe. Yeah, but when they're in the plane in the beginning of Arrow Two, he says some comment about Barry that I forget what he said, but it was something that made me think that he was referring to what he just saw when he was there fighting with Barry against Wells. So. I don't know. I'm not sure. I need a footnote from the editor. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, arrow number twelve. <laughs> exactly. I need that. Smiling Stan. Okay. Well, yeah. on to I Zombie guys. Yes. It's uh, episode nine, season one, uh, called Patriot Brains. Um, this week's procedural: <laughs> a uh, Everett Adams, who was a former uh, Army Ranger. Um, a little bit of an American sniper uh, influence in this episode, I would say. Not even a little bit. Yeah, he's on. <laughs> I think they played on that. Yeah, yeah, he's on a paintball battlefield, and he ends up getting uh, shot in the back several times by real bullets, mm-hmm. and they're not sure how or when. Uh, what we find out is that you know, after coming back from Afghanistan, he had a lot of PTSD problems with his wife and his child. Uh, eventually, his wife and child left him, and his wife, uh, you know, remarried to another guy, and uh, he's kind of caused their lives to be hell. And the other guy ends up programming a drone to shoot him during his paintball tournament. Yeah. Oh, you know? Did you recognize him? He was a so uh, the guy who played Wall- Veronica yeah, Mars he, alone. He was on Wallace. He was Wallace from yeah. uh, Veronica he Mars. Was Wallace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, to get to get this you know this kind of guy out of his life or whatever, uh, he he kills him. Uh, uh, Liv eats the brains of this army sniper with PTSD. And causes her to want to go on a murderous rampage plane. Plus, she does. She, she keeps spouting out all this, like, like she tells Robbie, "I've got your six. <laughs> it was great. Oh, and we also have Robbie waiting to see if he's going to turn into a zombie. Right. And so far, no zombiness. So either well, it can't be transferred from an animal right, to to a right. It can't be transferred from an animal from an animal to a human, or maybe he was a zombie to begin with. Anyway, we go um, we and um, we we end up starting this episode with the the big subplot or whatever. Um right where we left the last episode where Liv eats the brains of the little breakfast that Lowell made for her, sees uh um her ex-fiance's friend being killed for his shoes while eating the brains. And then oh, and we get the answer. All of them get flashes. Right. Not just Yeah, we were at, we were talking show. about that last week and right. yeah. It's answered now. Yeah, I mean, we also we have, we've seen them get the traits, and now we also know where they get the flashes as well. You know, she's leaving Will's apartment. She sees Blaine going up the elevator with one of his little packages, um, his little blue apron thing for zombies. Guys, um, these brains, the, the sniper or whatever, she realizes that she wants to kill Blaine. Um, she confronts Lowell about it, and Lowell's like, no, he didn't have anything to do with the harvesting, but he did know where the food was coming from, and he chose to live in denial for it. And he, he he cops yeah. to being a coward, so he tries. He wants to try to make yeah. it right. Well, very emotional that he goes and digs up a. Instead of doing that, he like kind of declares that he would dig up brains if he has right. to. Of people already yeah. dead to not do that again because he loved her. But Liv definitely thought he was sincere, and um, 
and, mm-hmm. and uh, they end up uh, having a little more brain together and then having sex. Yeah. Zombies. I, I, I thought it was weird. A lot of grunting. Uh, they're united and their desire to stop Blaine now and uh, live, having eaten the brains of the snipers, just like Blaine has to die. I'm going to kill him. And, oh, uh, yeah. She got the crazy eyes. This episode, he, um, you know, Low offers to help, but he says he can't. He can't do it. He can't kill him because, as he refers to himself, he's a weenie. Uh, <laughs> but he comes up, yeah. comes up with a plan that could help set him up for assassination. Funny part of the episode is her having to blow off steam by going and doing the paint paintball, yeah, paint gun, free for all. That was a great sequence, right there. <laughs> uh, Lowell knows the plane was attracted to him because he's a musician. Um, he's been keen to jam with Lowell, so now Lowell is going to uh, tell me they can jam uh, just so he can, you know, have Liv kill him. And that the subplot of the uh, rich guy that he that he also scratched that wants to be he wants to experience an astronaut walking on. Right. Yeah, I think the guy's name was Kaiser. Blaine. Right? Yeah, so he told Blaine he would write him, give him any kind of money to go kill that guy and get him right. in the brain. Blaine and Lowell have some break stakes, brain stakes and are geeking out, uh, but Liv couldn't, kill it, couldn't bring herself to kill him. She's like a building, building over with a sniper rifle and she can't do it. Um, maybe yeah. for you know a lot of different reasons. I mean, Lowell understood, but he decided to try again. He uh, he tries to stab Blaine. Oh, that was a heartbreaking because um, he looks at her as she's looking across uh, because she was going to snipe him from uh, from the building across from him. He looks at her eye to eye, and then he touches his heart and he says, "I love you." Now, and she realizes he's going to do it. He's going to try to take him out. There's nothing. He, she's nothing she can do. Now about. remember, we heard the gunshot, did not see the gunshot. So, well, what happens is Lowell tries to stab Blaine, but it's not enough to kill Blaine. Blaine pulls a gun uh-uh. and says, "You're a lousy host," <laughs> and shoots him. But now yeah. this is this is the scene that I felt the prop master for the show did not do a very good job on, or somebody. Did, did not do the proper research on. And again, I thought it was a great scene, the way it played out and everything, but, and I don't know what it is, you know, maybe it's recently was the 21st anniversary of his death, they're fixing to release uh, found recordings, or what it is, but it, a lot of Kurt Cobain has come back into popular culture in the re- recent month. And, oh, yeah, the documentary. And, um, you know, Blaine makes reference to it a couple times, and he's making reference in this scene in which Lowell says, hey, um, you know, I have his his 65 Jaguar, um, which, you know, I thought, that hell, that's cool. So I'm going to get a little music nerd on you here. First of all, mm-hmm. they bring out that Jaguar. That's not the Jaguar he had because he had a white one that he changed out and put DeMarzo's Super Distortion Humbucker pickups on, and that had single coil pickups on it. Also, Kurt Cobain was left-handed and played left-handed guitars, and that was a right-handed guitar. Have so much about Kurt Cobain being said in an episode, at least get that part right. Welcome to the Cobain cast. Wow, you <laughs> you did you went you you made me go how people go and when, when you start talking about yeah. uh, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a I'm a start. big music nerd too, and I'm 
I, I, no, I, it was I, you had to do it because no, I, I didn't apologize know. for your insincerity, <laughs> dude. Come on, seriously. Yeah, you said something. I'm, I I'm just know. saying I is, and I, 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 you know, April 5th of 1994 was a very sad day for me because Kurt Cobain, you know, he he really spoke for the music generation at that time, even though he didn't want to. And um, I, you know, I've studied a lot on Nirvana and and on him because he had very interesting tastes in equipment, how he strung the equipment you know what different equipment was used during what recordings i mean he did some very fantastic and out of the box stuff with his equipment and to come on there and show us some cheap repop um guitar that doesn't even fit and say oh this is his 65 jaguar nah not happening not to mention his 65 this is the podcast this this is the podcast where we where we give you that info probably not a lot of exactly so i'm gonna get down off of my cobain soapbox i'm just saying is is it's like come on prop master you know at least it was a jaguar it's just not the correcting so (laughs) excuse me we never see lowell's body like daryl mentioned and then later we uh we have a thing where major He's idiot. trying to track down uh, Julian the Candyman. <laughs> idiot. He finds idiot. <laughs> he just makes me mad. That's yeah, idiot. he's kind of going about things the clumsiest way possible. Oh, but he, he finds out that uh, brains can be used as almost like a steroid to build muscle mass, and he thinks that's what the Candyman is doing. Uh, he kind of like tracks him down through gyms or whatever, and then the Candyman break, does a B&E in his house. But luckily, Major bought a gun to protect himself, um, he shoots the Candyman a couple times. Doesn't even load it, though. Like, you put your address out there knowing that you wanted to attract whoever it is who's murdering kids. Right. If they're murdering kids, they're not going to think they're twice about murdering, about murdering you. Yeah, and you're putting it out there at your house, and you're not even telling your damn roommate. And not even having the clip in the gun. You're not even he wanting your roommate. to load his gun. If he knows this is going down, you keep that gun not only well, loaded but in your waistband well, of your pants. To be to be to be fair though, he just learned how to use a gun in the last. Well, yeah, that's was. true. He learned it that's off the true. internet or something. So, but the I mean, thing it's not he like cannot, he's trained. But the thing that he cannot answer back is you have a you have a roommate now mm-hmm. who you have not warned about this. Right. So what if right. he came home and this guy was there and he killed him? Like that would have been well, Major's fault. And Daryl, this this put the punctuation point on the point you made last week about Iris West, is when the one person in the group that doesn't know all the secrets, they yeah. become the foil, He's and they the become nice. the one that people think are idiots and can't yeah. stand. And I that, cannot stand Major right now because of and, it. Right. And it falls right with your point that you had last He's week the about foil. Iris. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he puts a couple of bullets into the Candyman. Uh, Major runs to get uh, Detective Babineau, but by the time he gets back, the Candyman is gone. So this makes me think if uh, this guy could survive a shooting, maybe Lowell can too. You well, he I mean? didn't shoot him in the head, though. Yeah, because right. when... If he when, shot him, if he shot him in the head, we don't even know that. Yeah, right. Blaine, when he pulled the gun up after he blocked the attack with the knife, he put the gun right up to his forehead. So, But we still, again, did not see the shot, only heard it. Right, because we know that Blaine likes to put people on ice when they right. when they make him mad. So we don't True. know. He might have still. He might have because he doesn't know she's up there. So he might have just incapacitated him, and then he puts him in the freezer. She might not know either, and and will think that he's dead. 
Well, he he must have known something was up. He did. He heard her scream. He so, heard a He heard a right. noise, but that he doesn't yeah. know if that, if that. I mean, he know he won't know it's her, but I still right. think that he's smart enough to know that there was somebody watching. Oh, he's gonna look. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna look at all that. Well, I zombie. Yeah, Patriot Brains. The show. I just I wanted to shout out my my mother in law, uh, B. I have been trying to get her to watch this show ever since it started, and she was afraid it was like The Walking Dead or something because the title uh, had zombie in it or whatever. So I'm like, look, just watch one episode, and if you don't like it, tell me I'm full of it, and you don't have to watch any more. Uh, so she watched one. She texted me later that night. She said, I've gone through and watched all of them on Hulu. <laughs> and I'm waiting for the next episode. So she ended up binge-watching it. Uh, after. Oh, so they're all available on you. I mean, you on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I I like when they when it's not Hulu's fault, but I mean I like when stations allow them to leave all the episodes on there for the season for people that don't watch it right away. Well, yeah, some shows they'll only have the recent five, like like The Flash. Uh, unless it's changed, they were only keeping the recent five. A lot um, of them they do that. They only you know only, there's only a lot the of them like that. But then like I was glad you know with Fox with Last Man Standing they just kept them all on there because I didn't watch Last Man Standing till the week before the final episode and I binge watched Last Man Standing. So or Last Man on Earth. No, Last Man, oh, on, Last Earth. Man on Earth. Earth. Oh, okay. oh, I was about to. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on the it depends on the channel and it depends yeah. on the show. I mean, some of these shows like. Like iZombie, they want the word of mouth. They want a, a snowball right. audience. They want that plus three and plus seven. Um, other shows like Flash and Arrow, I mean, they, they could, maybe they see that as a detriment to have the whole thing because they're trying to make DVD sales. You know, so. I wrote I wrote some of these down from uh, from the uh, the menu uh, hmm. of Meat Cute. You had Motor Cortex Asada. What? Uh, basil oh. Periatal Terrine. That sounds kind of good. Uh, cerebellum Sashimi. Whoa. And, uh, now, lim- that one I'd like to have. And uh, Limbic Gulai Otak. <laughs> I don't so, want that one. That didn't sound too appetizing. Kind of sounds Did Klingon. You start putting recipes together. There? <laughs> no, no. I just, I just think it's fine. I, just, I, I like the idea of a restaurant for zombies. Though. It's pretty funny. I thought it was too, because that's not even something that they needed to put in the show. They could have right. just had it, and he just bring in the. Uh... That's why this show has such a personality too. The oh, humor, yeah. the humor, I think, is what really keeps it from getting too bogged down. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think if it was too serious, it would just be too bogged down. Because this is a dark episode. I mean, a lot, right. of, well, a lot when, of heavy stuff yeah. happens in this episode. But it's still got when light Robbie's touches all around it. sniffing those you know? brains out of the freezer, you know, sniffing at him, trying to see if he'd <laughs> get right. hungry. He's hungry, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our next uh, show is the season finale of season three of The Arrow. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Named I Am Oliver Queen. <laughs> and we find out why, too, in this episode. And if we, we last left our stalwart companions, uh, Ollie and uh, Rachel Ghoul and, uh, and Nissa were off for a uh, mass murdering honeymoon. Parte. <laughs> Parte uh-huh. in Starling City. Uh, meanwhile, all of Team Arrow was supposedly dead from the awful megavirus in a dungeon. Uh, we start the episode with uh, Oliver uh, waking up from a dream in, in the airplane, sitting next to Ra's al Ghul, and Ra's is, uh, uh, you know, the the equivalent of Johnny Utah in uh, in uh, Point Break. He's like, "Isn't this great? We're gonna drop off the Alpha Omega. You're gonna be Ra's. You're gonna marry my daughter. Everything will be awesome." You know. Yeah. And uh, so they're riding on the plane. Meanwhile, we we flash back to the dungeon, 
and they're slowly waking up. Like they, they're all wake up kind of coughing, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're wondering, as Ray Palmer puts it, okay, not that I'm complaining, but why are we still alive? Um, you know, not to complain. He says that it's... twice. It's yeah. So funny. Oh yeah, he was good. I just I love that character so much. It's so well done. I'm glad they're giving him his own show, pretty much. You know, I really watching him on this show makes me and other shows too. I've seen him in other stuff. Makes me want to take Brian Singer sometimes and just tap him and go, "What? Why did you kill his personality for this for that movie?" Mm-hmm. Because you could have liked so much you could. I know he wanted to do the same, whatever, yada yada yada. But as a filmmaker, it's so much you could have done with him. Like he's that he could have handled. I mean, like you. you and could've... I still think he was the perfect choice cast because he is Clark Kent in this. Like I, he yeah. is Clark Kent in this show. Like he, well, like and being that's funny thing. and being funny and and nice. And I think he's more Clark Kent than he is Ray Palmer because Ray Palmer. And the comic is a little bit weirder. He's more scientist, right. scientist, a little bit more weirder scientist than the norm because he's I he's think, so involved in his work. I think one of the things that was missing in, in Superman Returns is that Brandon Routh could be a very funny guy as well. I mean, Definitely. I don't know if you guys saw Scott Pilgrim where he played yeah. the vegan guy with the superpowers. That was hilarious. Well, or, in, or, in Zach and, or Zach and Miri. Or that's or the one where I saw. Oh. That's the movie where I saw his personality the most. And he did another film. Where he did Dunn. a dramatic indie film. Uh, he was in that, and I saw him in that, and I was like, he could really act. And it made me go. It, every time I see him in something, it makes me really think. Instead of doing trying to do the homage, you could have still did the homage, but you could have done so much with Clark Kent oh. to make him not so weird <laughs> you know what i mean like right. he in the movie he was more weird than anything but in this he's clark kent and you like him like this is a clark kent you really really dig the way that he is well and i thought in 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 superman returns that he was a better clark kent than he was a superman in that and even though there were those creepy aspects to his clark kent i thought that he was a great homage to um reeves's Clark Kent with the way the mannerisms of the way he pushed up the glasses and just everything that he did. I was his mannerisms and movements. I still I think him naturally. There, I still think him just being being a good character, like being a a character who's very nice, uh, open. You know, all those things he was with Felicity. I still see him as being. He still comes off of as that could have been his Clark Kent right there, and he still could have came off as oh, yeah. being. But you could do better. Like when you do a homage, I wish sometimes filmmakers, and when you do a homage, it doesn't mean you just repeat. You do better. You you even try to do better, or you, you incorporate, or you incorporate elements of what came they, before. Exactly, and you do more with it because you can do more now. Like the, he had more control, he could have done so much more with it, with that character than. This. Anyway, it turns out that they, um, that uh, and Malcolm refers to uh, one of Oliver's associates hmm. uh, made a uh, a vaccine from Oliver's blood since he is you know he has an immunity to the Alpha Omega virus, and uh, Malcolm Merlin had uh, subcutaneously given them all that vaccine by touching them, and uh, I love the line. He's like, I believe the words you're looking for are thank and you. <laughs> 
Oh, he is so <laughs> such an arrogant prince. I know he's, he's perfect. Arrogant prank. He's he great. is so perfect as the arrogant prince. It's just, it's just awesome, and uh, but you know, Dave was like, "Yeah, but we're still chained up in a dungeon." And uh, Malcolm's like, "Well, all we have to do to take care of that is to wait mm-hmm. for the thunder." And oh, all of I a sudden, that. we see a streak of lightning going into uh, Nanda Parbat, and it's none other than Barry. Yeah, he's there to save the day. He uh, he vibrates him. He takes out, as he says, gives him happy nap time to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to all of the uh, uh, assassins. Then he frees all of Team Arrow, and uh, they're they're all still kind of really like distrustful and mad at Oliver. But he explains to them that the one thing he does know is that Oliver needs his team right now. Right, um, and and I think to throw in because I know the first thing people were thinking is why didn't he call the Flash a lot earlier? He still had to find out about the virus. He wouldn't have known where the the vials were. Right. Well, he explains that later that that's how he that he had to get close. That's why he had to get that close to Ra's al Ghul was to find mm-hmm. out the bioweapon was and everything. And plus, Flash explains that he has to have a go have a quote pointed conversation with Professor Wells, so he can't stay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we then cut back to the airplane uh, that's carrying Nissa and Oliver and the League and Raish. Uh One of the engines goes, then another. Raish immediately assumes Nissa's the one who sabotaged it. Sure then did. Oliver, Dang. Yeah. Then Oliver's like, nope. It was me, buddy. I sabotaged it. And Raish is like, no, you were Warth Agul. You were the you know, the demon, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Oliver's like, my name is Oliver Queen. <laughs> <laughs> he and real quick. Some father of the year he is. He's real yeah. quick to blame his child for anything. Bad. So Oliver and Raish are fighting. Uh, Nissa's yeah. fighting the assassins. Better the, fighter. Yeah. The, uh, the the back payload of the uh, the airplane the transport airplane drops open. Race grabs the uh, the canister with the virus and the last parachute and jumps out of the plane. Um, sure did. He beats his daughter with it <laughs> to get the parachute sure and jumps did. out. And then this and Oliver strap in for a crash landing. Mm-hmm. Um, Team Arrow return to Palmer Technologies to kind of regroup after their trip and then to Parabat. Oliver and Nissa show up, and there's a lot of words. Diggle's not happy, especially, and punches him. Punches yeah, Oliver, yeah. knocks him to the ground, and calls him an SOB. Um, the, uh, the team leaves and leaves uh, Diggle and Felicity there with Oliver. They're both mad that he decided to trust Malcolm over them, but he's like, look, the only way I could get into Rach's circle was through Malcolm, because Rob Malcolm knows the assassins, and by not letting you guys know what was going on, I was keeping you safe. And that really does not fly with either one of them, because that's the excuse that he's used all along. And right. then Felicity realizes that all along his plan was to crash the plane and not return. That it was that Oliver had seen it as a suicide mission to save the city. That he did not expect to have survived the encounter at all. And uh, this is where you go to Felicity, and you she's been acting a little bit out of character too. I know she's under a lot of pressure, but uh, you know what? This this is the needs of the many outweighing the needs of just you two guys. You know, like, I know you want to be with your man and all, but uh, there's a vial of poison, the, the gas that can kill everybody in town. You know, relax, chill out. Stop yelling at Oliver. It got kind of annoying how they kept being mad and stuff. You know what? Get over that madness, you know, being that angry when it comes to something like this. Like, everything he's told them from up until this point has come out to be true. So I, it's some of that stuff that Diggle's mad with. It's it kind of like it's a little bit too much with the anger. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's his best friend. And he's betrayed him time and time again here in the past week or two. But yeah. I mean, I think it sinks in by the end of the episode that he, you know, Oliver felt like he did what he had to do. Well, he still—I I don't know because he still kind of felt a certain kind of way when he left. He yeah, still, he was a little salty. He, he was a little yeah, salty. Yeah, yeah, he was still a little salty with that. Yeah. Um, they they scan around. They're not finding anything in the regular League of Assassins hideouts. But uh, uh, Felicity doing a scan of the internet, they find out that Damien Dark. Rachel Ghoul's nemesis is there in Star We know that well. name. We know that name. Oh, really. yes, we do. He's the head of the hive, oh, my yep. friend. Uh-huh. He's going to be a big player, and he's probably going to be the big bad in season four. Oh, you know it. But, I um, think hive is going to be what they're dealing with all through season four, right? They said it already. Yeah. 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 Um, Oliver realizes that it wasn't just his ascension that uh, it was uh, you know, the motivation for Rachel to destroy Sterling City. He also wanted to take out Dark. Because he knew he mm-hmm. was there, so Eddie. they they go and they find Dark, or they think they find Dark, but it's actually just an emissary of Dark. Mm-hmm. He gets killed, and then uh, Rache calls Oliver to let him know he's one step ahead of him. He's already released the virus that, during in four different places, kind of like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I guess. Definitely like the Four Horsemen yeah. of the Apocalypse. Yeah. So what's um, interesting is their delivery system. Mm-hmm. And I love how when um, uh, whatchamacallit is giving uh, Merlin is giving orders, and they're right by the way, but he's giving orders and they're just standing there like, who are you talking to? But then Oliver gives the exact same orders. <laughs> yeah, they're right. I mean, everything he was saying was right. And then Diggle went, we follow him for now. Diggle said, we, we, we follow his lead for now. For now. But it was, but they were honest. But it was just funny to see their faces. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Bad enough, you come in here whenever you want to, without the door being locked or whatever. But uh, now we giving orders. Rain Felicity working our way to uh, adapt the nanites to neutralize the virus or to, and to track it down. That's Laurel, a good man. That's a good man. Yeah, I know. Deal oh, with yeah. your girl that just dumped you. Yeah. Hopefully he'll hook up with Hawk Girl or something. <laughs> in, the, in the LOT show, um, we uh, Laurel goes to see her father to warn her about what's going on, uh, but he's drunk. He's drinking, of course, he is. and he's annoying. He's drunk and annoying. Yes, he is drunk and annoying. Uh, but you know, he's telling us always got under control with two drinks a day or whatever. Uh, but Laurel calls BS, and yeah. uh, it's enough to snap him out of it and let him know what this, you know, what's going on with the Starling City of uh, the situation. It's BS when I say two drinks a day. I don't mean that. Two drinks. One bottle's worth and then the next. It's only two. It's really <laughs> yeah, big right. glasses. Yeah. Big gulp. Really that counts as one, glass. right? <laughs> big gulp cup <laughs> counts as one. It does, doesn't it? Sure, sure, sure. You know, Felicity and, and Ray discovered that a virus has like a, an ultra, ultramagnetic spectrum that they can track. Gamma radiation. Right. And they uh, they start um, yeah because it's from the Hulk it's from a Hulk fight. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say if you have a spectrum uh, fix all your antennas for a certain uh, for the EM spectrum right Felicity uh, first tells him not please not to go fight Ross but then he realize then she gives him the ultimate pep talk fight to live but don't fight to die you know like you were before fight, fight to live fight to live you know he's you can beat him but you have to you have to fight to live that's the only way you know that's the only thing you really have over race is that he fights for death and you fight for life fight for life so fight for felicity <laughs> it's funny 
it I somebody made a comment, I wrote a comment about him, but it's it is true. Oliver never looks people in the eyes when they're when they're doing that. When they get really emotional with him, he always looks to the side. It's interesting too because you you know like look, you know, Oliver Queen and the Arrow are both dead. Yeah. You know, be something. It's time for him to be something else. She says. Well, she re- remember, yeah, because when we went through this whole thing of him leaving to go confront him in the first place, she he was like, "I'm going," but he went thinking he wasn't going to make it anyway. Right. And she knew, and that was the argument right. that they had about it. And and now this is like a callback to all of that. To, you know what, go Rocky, go in there now, and go in there to win. Don't go in there to lose. Diggle, um, they um, they go out to find Raish's henchmen. Diggle spots one of Raish's men, and Raish's men gets the upper hand on Diggle. Almost kills him, but speedy to the rescue. I love that. That was awesome. She looks good in the suit, too. She does. She pulls it off the suit really well. Uh, I'm totally totally glad they went with that. Yeah. Pretty dark, though. Like, it's in their bodies. So when they cut, and then he slices his own throat. Right. To spread it. Right. The blood is what spreads it. It's, yeah, and, and some people die. Like it opens, you, you know, it's the air, right? You, you see people. Well, they did it in a way that it wasn't too graphic, where they cut and then he the diggle and them are telling people to run away, and then they cut back a camera scene and you just see bodies around him, right? But you see feet and stuff like you don't see the the whole bodies, but you see their people laid out around him to kind of get the sense of. Of how, how it was. Ray is modifying his nanotech to fly over the city and disperse a cure. Oh, um, yeah. So he had a, a cure synthesized from uh, Oliver's blood already. Uh, Ray invites Oliver to meet him on the most dramatic place possible, the Stellar <laughs> City Dam, for of one course. more fight. Um, yeah. Oliver is, has a much better time of it this time. They're fighting a lot more, a lot stronger. You know, Ray is saying, you know, I, I chose well when I chose you, or whatever. Cops um, Raish breaks Oliver's sword. Yeah. But then Oliver takes Raish's sword and runs him through with it. I love how he did it. Like, you thought you had me, and then he... Right. He grabs the sword. With, you know, he uses flat palms mm-hmm. and grabs the sword and uses it against Raish and kills He's him right on the spot. Yeah. And then says that same Arabic quote that Raish al said to him when he right. kicked, him, kicked him down the side of the mountain. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Um, but pretty much as soon as that happens, he gets shot in the shoulder twice. Well, they want. Well, they do. This is the part where Felicity really annoyed me, though. She did. They, the the uh, what you call the call the uh, um, detective Captain, Lance. What's this? Detective Lance calls and says, "My guys are not listening to me. They're going to shoot Oliver. They're probably going to shoot him, even against my better judgment." I know he's still trying to save the city. I think they're going to shoot him. So she runs to Palmer and she's like, you got to stop everything you're doing to save the whole city and go save the guy that I'm in love with that I dumped you for. And he's like, I can't be in the Clark Kent that he is, the Superman. He's like, I cannot. He even says to her, it's it's one guy against the entire city. Right. He said, and then and he, and he gave another shock to the system. What would Oliver want, want me to do in this situation? You know damn well he would want you to save the many, not just me. But it was so selfish for her to even ask him right. to stop like that. Well, and I mean, she loves him, man. I know yeah. you love 
but you just dumped me for that guy. I'd be yeah, a little petty. Yeah. I'm not Clark Kent. I'd be a little petty. I'd yeah, feel yeah. a certain kind of well, way. Well, it's a fresh wound, man. You have every right to be, you know. I'd be I'd be that. I'd be like, oh, your boyfriend you just dumped me for? Oh, you mean that guy? Yeah. That well, guy? Oh, well, he's dead. Hmm. Uh, oh, well. Darn. As Spock said, the needs of the many <laughs> outweigh the needs of the few or yes. the one. She was so irrational. Yeah, well. That's not for. I'm not used to her being this way in these. And as he falls down the the dam, I thought we we're gonna have another thing like Fish Mooney again. I was like, That's okay, what everybody's I... gonna think he's good dead. He'll be gone for a month. You see a streak of white, and it's the atom armor catching him, and then this is uh, secreting him away, setting him down. But it's Felicity in the atom armor, and I'm just wondering how that would fit. Let alone how she would know how to use it. You know, all these different kind of questions I had about that. But it was yeah. still a cool scene. Well, I thought hey, the- Iron Tony's able to throw the armor onto Pepper Potts, so it's kind of the same thing. Well, what I didn't get I mean, I know they wanted the scene of her doing it, but remember they did the whole thing where he has the tech to um remote control the armor? Yeah, I remember that. I thought that they were just gonna do that. Yeah, but I guess they wanted the scene of her being in it so she could be yeah, like, I, I want that line. I, if I could take this mask off, I would kiss you. And I'm still, my. It's funny because I root for Oliver, but I'm still at a. But I come to like Ray so much that I'm I'm on Ray's side right now. So I'm like, how dare you want to kiss him like that? Like you're, that's Ray's armor. You can't. Plus, you know, he's Ray's probably watching armor. on a video feed. He's like, I'm sick. Really? I told you, I was totally, I was totally feeling a certain kind of way watching. Yeah, I, I got to like, see this that's too. My boy, that's my boy Ray. Like I, like I felt like that was my boy, and he, you about to, you know, you just dumped him, and you, and you're about to, you know, jump into Oliver like it nothing happened. Like all that time y'all were together didn't matter, and now you could just jump into. Like he gave you a job. He made you the damn CEO of his company. Mm-hmm. And you just do my boy like that. Felicity, I'm not use his jet to go to non I'm not about whenever you feel like it. it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not happy. I'm still feeling a certain kind of way. Yeah, I'd be a little salty too. I'm salty about it a little bit. I would be. Um with Rage taken care of and everything, uh they all regroup at Palmer Tech. Mm-hmm. Um Oliver goes through this little speech about how he couldn't have made it if it weren't for them and he was like grateful. the speech. For every one of them, and that you know they're all heroes in their own right, and they can handle whatever storm the city throws at them. And since they can, Oliver, uh, Oliver no longer needs to be the Arrow or Oliver Queen. <laughs> and then him and Felicity are out of there. I felt a certain guy way about that too, because they were a little too happy, happy, joy, joy with yeah. Ray. And then right Felicity there. does have that moment with Ray where she's like, "You'll find someone special someday." Oh, oh, th- oh! Now yeah. you care. Thanks, at buddy. All. Yeah. yeah, thanks a lot. I'm gonna be watching a surveillance video the night that we had sex over and over exactly. and over. <laughs> uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> That's what Raiders said. Leave <laughs> some chips on the couch. A little tears in my eyes. I saw it. I'm gonna let some orange juice, Jones. I saw you with him in the rain. Yeah, the big, the big Ben and Jerry's and all the spaghetti on the side. Yeah, all spaghetti. Yep. <laughs> um, the only one holdout is Diggle, but yeah. I think Diggle's going to come around. He's kind of you know, been through a lot, and Oliver even tells him, "Look, if you're going to keep trying to do this, maybe you should think about you know some disguise or some code name or whatever." He finally says, "Ah, think about I'll it." I'll think about it. Diggle's too Man, badass to need put that. on a mask. He's going to wear. I think that to, to yeah. keep implying it, I think when they threw it in this finale means that he's actually going to wear some type of mask next season. Is he going to be a Manhunter? 
I'm wondering that. I'm wondering that's what I was thinking. Because he's gonna take like, why would they even throw that in? Like, it's been you. It's been said to him too many times Mm -hmm. in the last few episodes that they're like that was how they they did the speedy thing. They kept saying to her, you know, like little hints kept going to her about it, and so. That's the one thing with these superhero shows. They're obvious. Like, you know, when they're trying to tell you something's going to go, when something's going to happen. Right. So, uh, Oliver goes back to his apartment to say goodbye to Thea. She says, I was thinking about calling myself Red Arrow. And he says, I'm already told everybody else to call you Speedy. So, <laughs> and he passes off uh, to Malcolm the little uh, ring coverlet or whatever that possesses with the, the mantle of Rachel Ghoul. So Malcolm Merlin is the new Rachel Ghoul, and we get a nice scene of him with Nyssa in the uh, in the Parabot, uh, where he you know forces her and all the other League of Assassins to kneel before him. Yeah, and she uh, did with hate. Yeah, and she's kind of like to saying, you know, is this was this your plan all along, you know, to become head of the League of Assassins? And he kind of sidesteps the question. It was. Um, oh, and <laughs> Oliver tells him. I did like this bit where you know Malcolm was like, "Oh, I guess we're, uh, you know, we're partners now." And Oliver's like, "Look, dude, I do not forgive you ever for what you did to Sarah or to Thea, and whatever happens to us in the future is up to you and what you do with the league." Right. So, I, I thought he would throw in and all those hundreds of people that you killed too. But, Which you know. I'm also thinking Diggle's not going to be happy when he finds out what Oliver did with the league. We cut to uh, Ray Palmer working on the miniaturization. Mm-hmm. his suit mm-hmm. and as he fires it up he says I never get this thing to work the first time and then we see a massive mm-hmm. blue explosion of that so floor, cool. uh, so of cool. floor of that building Yeah, I'm sure Ray will be fine because as we talked about later we see yeah. the Legends of Tomorrow promo all over uh. the place uh, and then we end the episode with Oliver and Felicity driving off into the sunset in a Porsche yeah I was mad about that I was yeah, I I was too, but I know it's not lasting. So it well, almost part, seems like it almost seems like it could have been a series finale the way they ended it. You know what I mean? It it what it did feel like a season finale. It really did. And then I was thinking, it's just so dreamlike. I wonder who's gonna attack them in the like who's gonna come in and attack them or something's gonna happen and nothing happened. I like, think hives. I think hives gonna come along, and that's what's gonna change everything. It's got to, something, of course. We like we know he's not going to be gone, you know, gone for good. But I, now is the thing of, is he going to be Green Arrow now? That's I think he will be. I mean, I think he's going to change his entire look and be Green Arrow, and yeah, and then that way, you know, anybody that's thinking of the old Arrow as far as the cops and all that. They're going to think it's more of a copycat than it is anything else, and hopefully by then. Lance and him will have, you know, made up and Lance. It's good. Either you know. way, it's gonna be a stretch. We like I don't care how they try to explain it. It's if they put too much light on it, you're gonna you're just gonna have to just let it go. Like we're all gonna just gonna have to go with it because Well, I thought no it was interesting at the bridge that he said, you know, I don't like the guy but but I don't wanna see him get killed. You know, with the with the amount of hatred that he has put towards ever since the whole truth about Sarah came out, you know that was a big well, turn for him. Because well, some you, of the implication, think, but some of that implication yeah. is he had an alcohol filled hate. Like some of that was alcohol. Right, right, right. 
but I think that after all is said and done, and then with Sarah coming, uh, well, you, when we get to the news, yeah, we'll I get think to the it's going to change here. things. So things oh, will, yeah, things will change. Things True. Um, we have an awesome Facebook group that I want to get to before we get to the news. I'd like to talk about that. It's the DCTV Podcast Facebook group, oddly enough. Oh, way fewer members than we have listeners. Yes. So if you could please join our Facebook group, that would be awesome. Uh, I threw out a question this week with um, with so many awesome DC television projects either on or in the works. What's your favorite of those we've already seen? And what's the most exciting to you of the new shows to come? And, I mean, we have Supergirl coming up, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, we have Lucifer, Preacher, and Titans all on the way. Plus new seasons of Gotham, The Flash, Arrow, and iZombie. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to hire some interns because it's like nine shows a week. Um, right. So I, had, I want everybody to sound off on like what their favorite current show is and what their favorite show they're looking forward to is. Uh, this guy named Richard Sheldon kind of looks like a real loser. Uh, oh, said, that guy uh, sounds awesome. He sounds uppity to me. Yeah, he smells oh. like he smells like baloney. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fave is the Flash of the new, and I'm excited for Preacher, of course. We will now be three hours long each week because we have so many shows. You're right about <laughs> that. I, I also said we had to bring in some interns and install that pizza buffet. Um, I'm <laughs> so hoping Preacher doesn't get screwed up and LOT is like a dream show for me. Uh, Lucas King of the Handicast uh, 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 chimed in. Current Flash, best show on TV. It's everything I've had in my head as a Flash fan since I was 12. Upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, Weekly Captain Cold and Rip Hunter. Yes, please. Also, if Rip Hunter is knocking around, then a certain golden hero is sure to show up. Hashtag mm-hmm. Skeets Lives. Hashtag It's Pronounced Booster. To which I replied, uh, Ray Palmer sells his armor to fellow entrepreneur Ted Cord, and focuses on his white dwarf nanotech. Cord makes some changes and color improvements. <laughs> to which Lucas replied, don't tease me, chef. And I said, hey, you know, Hawk Girl and Rip Hunter are on the way. Anything is possible. Hashtag Yellow Both Nerds. Yeah, we are. Um, Russell from the It's All Connected podcast over at the MCU Exchange. Uh, Flash, hands down, my favorite of the superhero TV shows. Hey, man, you better not want those Marvel guys to hear that. They may think oh, you're a traitor, you know. Yeah. Tyler King, Lucas's brother, also from the Handicast. I really enjoyed Constantine. I'm looking forward to Weekly Hawk Girl. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Car- cartoonist extraordinaire Luke Foster. I'm really looking forward to Supergirl. Me too. We're going to be talking about that really soon. Uh, Mike Jones, my favorite is iZombie, and I'm looking forward to Preacher. Uh, Grant Robinson, Flash, and I'm really getting into iZombie now. I'm looking forward to Legends 2. I, too, am hoping for a Booster Gold appearance. Uh, Mike Jones agrees. Booster Gold for the win. Uh, Joseph Gaines, I'm not even a big Gotham fan, but I want to know what that insane story idea is they plan for next season more than any other (laughs) comic-related show. (laughs) I can't argue with that. That's a good point. Totally a good point. That's true. Um, Carlos Fuentes says, Flash. Flash is my favorite TV show. Um, John Davis says, Flash is great. And since they announced his Supergirl is going up against Gotham, I'm going to watch that first. And Carlos Carmona says, The Flash. So a lot of love for The Flash there. Um, and, and, you know, well-deserved because it's a great show. I mean, it really it is. is. Exactly. The, going on to the news this week. We had upfronts this week, guys, which means all Oof. the networks are pulling out all their pilots and all their little preview reels and everything like that to show... There are potential advertisers, what they have going on this coming season. So, not only did we get this week a six... Well, let's start out with Supergirl, first of all. Uh-huh. We got a six-minute preview trailer for the new Supergirl series. Now, this this show, interestingly enough, from the pilot, 
um, the the uh, CBS powers to be went ahead and ordered a whole season of thirteen shows. Right, smart. Uh, I really liked this teaser reel. I thought the tone was really yeah. cool. It mm-hmm. had it reminded me of Flash in a little little bit. You know, like a you know she's trying to find her way, trying to figure out her role with these powers that she has. Um, I don't know. It looks like it could be fun. I'm, I I'm, was. I'm really looking I, forward to it. I was nervous in the first few minutes because it seemed a little little bit like is it going to just be most of her time in the it made me think of Lois and the adventures of Lois and Clark remember that show oh yeah where it was it was so low budget they didn't have a budget really pretty much for Superman so they made more of it around just the office and them interacting I still like that show was my favorite but Except when he fought the ninjas and the Kryptonians, I like that. Ninjas? Oh yeah, yeah, they did actually had ninjas okay. and they beat him and threw him around. It's weird, um, but I just thought it was going to be more like that. Like, are they going to? Is it going to take away from the Superman, the Kryptonian stuff altogether, and have it more, more about her just being, you know, a civilian or whatever? But then, as it progressed, you get to see more than that in the other scenes, and then I. It got to the point where I was rooting for her. Then, like, it yeah. really, it really yeah. got better, and they added more to it. Like, I love the little bits where it. she's trying out different costumes. Like yeah. the one with the bare midriff. She's like, I'm not fighting crime in that. Yeah, and then he's <laughs> like, you know, well, the cape will give you better aerodynamics and stuff. Right, right. Things like that. And I, I thought yeah. that was cool. I like that kind of uh, more realistic kind of look to things. And mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. I like the optimistic tone, uh, like we have with the Flash. You know, the young hero is starting out, trying, you know, making mistakes. Trying to learn what it means to be a hero, what their role is in that case, and especially this, where she's trying to live up to the role of her big brother or her big cousin. Sorry, big cousin, yeah. Um, And her origin is different enough that you know, I mean, she came to Earth when she was already a teenager and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to. I think the actress is really good from Mm -hmm. what I've seen of her in the role. I think so. Um, So it looks great. Um, Another trailer we got. I was gonna say I I was not even but a minute or two into the six minutes and and i was totally sold on this and like i said in our pre-show you know before we got started the only concern i had was jimmy olsen and just and the only reason it wasn't because of race or anything is just because jimmy olsen is not a jock but like daryl said it's there for the ladies so Yeah, but i i did well, like Kat Grant's not an editor of a fashion magazine either you no know, and she's not She's not the sex symbol, Cat Grant, like we used to. Like the the over, she overdoes it. Like in the comics, she was yeah. the breast implants and the whole right. like she used but sex I, to. She what? Well, this, this reminds Grant, me more of the character in uh, the Devil Wears Prada. Yes, you know what I mean. They're like very exacting, yeah. overbearing uh, magazine editor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of her of... as the James, the James, James Jonah Jameson character. Like, there's always one character that's the kind of the the heavy, the, the heavy that they have to deal with on a regular basis, and they can't reveal their identity to. And, and she, she's that character. Like, she was in the books. She was created as a foil for Lois Lane for the affections of Clark. She was trying to seduce Clark, and that made you know that was supposed to make Lois jealous in the comics. But, you know, they had to change that character up. There is no Clark here. You know, they're not using Clark in this in the show so far. So we also saw a trailer for Lucifer from Fox. Yes, yes. Which has only the most very twist grips on the comic 
<laughs> yeah, very I must have missed that. I didn't see that. The um, it's loosely. available on the DC TV podcast page on uh, Facebook. You can watch it right there. Uh, Mikey Wood, uh, the cartoonist uh, from here from Pittsburgh, uh, comic artist. Oh, see it. Okay, yeah, I must it have missed. It's there. Yeah, it came up early. It came By the way, he cons this season. He does a lot of cons here on the east east coast and mid Atlantic areas. He did a really cool uh, two piece um, print. Uh, they they've worked together as one big print or two separate prints of um, uh, CW Arrow and CW Flash. And they look great. He did a great job uh, on them. I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking them up from But anyway, he posted the Lucifer um, trailer and very different from the comic. Almost looking like a procedural. Like Lucifer is helping police find these... It is a procedural, yeah. Yeah, find criminals and stuff. So very different from... Either the Gaiman or, or Mike Carey versions of the comics, uh, for sure. Also, we found out this week that Marina Bachran will be back for season two of Gotham. As a season regular. Thank goodness. She was, one, she was one of the best things about that show, so I'm very glad to hear that. I really think that was a she, people react to her character type of thing, and they decided to give her, you know, to make her season regular. I think that for the second half. Makes sense to me. Uh, there was uh, Constantine was officially canceled this week. Yep. And then there was a rally to get it to uh, to move it to CW, partially spearheaded by Stephen Amell, saying that he would he mm-hmm. would appear as the Arrow on Constantine to help it out, you know, to get a crossover appeal. But the head right. of CW said that that was only a rumor. That is not uh, something they're planning on doing. I think it would be a smart play, even if they don't bring the whole Constantine show, but bring him in as just part of this universe the somewhere. crossover, like a guest star in it? Drop him into yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. Drop him there, yeah. have him appear in Arrow, you know, just have she, him in different places. When we get into Legends of Tomorrow, that's one thing i got to say about Let's get into it right now, because that's the next big oh, yeah. item I have. We got, oh, yeah. a, all right, we got a ton of information about mm-hmm. our CW uh, Flareverse spin-off Tons. show. Uh, yeah. The official title is Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, a really cool image of the group, uh, which includes, as, as we've run down before, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, uh, Ray- Brandon Routh is the Atom, Hawkgirl, Firestorm, Rip Hunter, and now we find out Katie Lotz is playing the White Canary. Yes. White canary. Now, and I we have a see her splashing her way out of a um, what, Lazarus. A Lazarus pit in in this uh, six minute preview that we got. And we know that this is not a secret team. Oliver and Arrow. I mean, Oliver and Arrow. Flash and the Arrow. They both know about this team. And right. In fact, well, Arrow is the one who is giving the speech in the in the clip, explaining to them mm-hmm. they have to come together as a group. Uh, well, it, even it, it's kind of a thing of how this all came about. The whole CW thing, the whole thing of those heroes being on TV, it kind of it kind of incorporates that also in this speech to to the group. Mm-hmm. You know how I didn't plan because they didn't. They never planned on this being the case. All they they were going to do Arrow, keep it very grounded. And see if it can get an audience, and look what happened after that. Like right, and then the yeah. flash, and he kind of goes through like the whole timeline of the CW thing, like he himself, totally, you know, working by himself, then with the team, and then um, you know, then mm-hmm. the impossible happened. They show Barry's origin, and then he says, "Now we have something that we have to deal with. That's you know, that you have to deal with as a group. We can't even deal with it on our own." 
All right. And then uh, Rip Hunter introduces himself, and uh, Captain Cold says something to the effect of, I never saw me, you know, me or, or Mick here as heroes. And, uh, and, and Hunter mm-hmm. says, you, you're not heroes in my time. You're legends. Such mm-hmm. a great line. Yeah. And then we and are won't he... no, we're treated to like a little um, title card of each of the characters. Again, mm-hmm. uh, Hawk Girl, we see her swooping through the the skyline. We see White Canary splashing her way out of a... Uh, Lazarus Pit, them kicking a lot of butt. You know, mm-hmm. Captain Cold and Heat Wave. We see them uh, traveling through time too, and different. They mentioned that they have to. Go I only don't time understand. Periods. I only don't understand the Firestorm part because we only see uh, Professor Stein, but we don't see Raven, right. Roddy. Well, Stein refers to him though. He in, do, he says my other half. Right. But he doesn't seem to be in the conversation like they don't have that actor well, we, do the... have that, we do have that one character jay johnson who has been uncommitted or whatever perhaps he's able to to merge with um, him maybe and, and become maybe firestorm as well who knows yeah. i guess we'll find out um yeah but interesting mix of characters here uh interesting totally. premise and that you know they could go anywhere in the timeline of the dc universe i mean imagine them hooking up with sergeant rock you know or or imagine, oh, them, imagine them hooking up with any en- enemy them. ace and spy smasher, you know? Imagine any them going it. to the future and, and meeting Hex of the future or the, you know, the Legion of Superheroes or whatever, you know? I mean, yes. the, the yes. sky's the Taking limit. Taking down dude. Vandal Savage. Vandal right. Savage. Vandal Savage has been... Savage, is, yeah. uh, right, Vandal Savage was um, confirmed as the big bad of the series. And we see Ray Palmer shrink. Something mm-hmm. I thought we'd see first on Arrow or Flash, we see mm-hmm. it in the promo for this. And I'm just telling you, I got a geek chubby so hard watching this. I'd put it up against hey, against hey, family show. Family show. Hey, I'm, tell- hey, no, I'm just here about that. And I got. <laughs> no, I'm talking. I'm talking this. I was. I've never been so excited for a trailer. As I was after watching this, and it's not even a movie trailer, you know. Well, I, I was just, just happy. I was happy to see my my canary back. That's the canary that. Yeah, I like. she's awesome, and I mean, she's really good in the role. She's very physical, and she's yeah, got good moves. I, I, um, I was one, so glad. That's the one question I have because I'm trying. I've been trying to rack my brain. Maybe I don't remember, but was White Canary a character in the comics? Cause I don't I'm remember. Not remember. Never heard of it. Never heard no. of it. Yeah. No, um, it was a black canary and a canary. Also, maybe the um, the, the 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 doctor, Doctor Stein, who's half of the a Firestorm or whatever. Maybe they're going to use him as like the brains. You know what I mean? Like that. Maybe, yeah. Like he'd be the scientific yeah. coordination behind everything. Because I mean, Ray's going to be in the field and stuff. He won't be able to be you know, to be doing that. Right. So, right. but we got this awesome trailer for that, and I'm going to say it right now, and I, I don't care who defends. I like this Legends of Tomorrow trailer better than the Superman versus Batman trailer. Oh my God! I really do. It just, I it, agree. It just really, I, I mean, it gave me chills, especially like you said to see, um, to see Rip Hunter step out, and then to see, uh, you know, Ray Palmer shrink down, and and to see that Katie Lotz is coming back as the White Canary, and to see Hawk Girl swooping by and looking cool, you know, it just, it just. My yeah. only, my only complaint about the any, the only complaint I have about the trailer is Rip Hunter looks a little bit too much like Constantine to me. I thought he looked too much like Doctor Who. 
That's what I thought was Doctor Who. Too got, much got, like the Eccleston Doctor Who. Maybe some of that, but I I got too much like Constantine. I, I had Constantine on the brain, and with the the, the he already had the accent and, and the, the trench coat. Yeah, like he doesn't have to have the trench coat. That's the thing that threw me off. Like Rip Hunter doesn't really have an outfit, but. You know, like, it was a bit... I don't know why they had him that he had to wear the trench coat. But he does explain cool. himself really quickly in this thing, and it makes totally. total sense. And, oh. you know, these yep. they're there to make sure history stays the way it's supposed to be. Randall mm-hmm. Sav- Vandal Savage, on the other hand, totally opposite. So, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Should be awesome. Looks I'm great. Ready. And if you want the link to the yeah. that trailer and all the other news items about Legends of Tomorrow, they are also available here on the, on the Facebook group. So link to those right there and that's how you can check them out we also have an article put up uh six characters that need to come on the flash mm-hmm. uh Manuel gibson put that one up mm-hmm. uh read that and see if you agree uh we have actually a second first look i guess the second look <laughs> at, at supergirl also up on there uh, yeah because they added more scenes battle scenes and we saw some we also have some images and a trailer from Fast Enough, which will be the season finale of The Flash next week. Boo-hoo, no more Flash. What are we going to do? Oh. What are we going to do, guys, in the off-season? we got to figure it out. Take a nap? I don't know. But that's about it for news. I think we covered most of the uh, Suicide Squad stuff last time. Yes, Um, we did. We have seen some pictures of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, well, um, uh, Sierra Renee, who plays Hawkgirl, confirmed that her, at least her and Rip Hunter, are going to be on the Flash season finale. So I'm thinking that's going to tie directly in. Got to. To Legends. Um, Got so, to. Yeah, so. Interesting. Hey, yes. I wanted to have a quick little discussion with our, our listeners really quick. And, and um, so... Guys, if you'll just come over here and listen to me for a second. Um, Mr. Daryl Taylor has offered to put up a digital copy of anything you want, DC-related, for iTunes reviews. And I really expected after last week that we'd get a lot of more iTunes reviews. And between last week and now, we've received zero. We still have the three iTunes reviews we had. Please rate us on iTunes. Check out the ratings that are there. Listen to our episodes. I know you love the show. Tell us about it. Don't don't make Daryl throw something out there in vain. So if you enjoy uh, geeky television, I imagine you would because you've been listening to this show now for almost two hours, then by all means head over to HHWLOD.com where we have not only the DC TV podcast, but we also have uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast, which covers the Walking Dead television show. We have uh, the Whedonverse, which covers uh, all of Joss Whedon's stuff going all the way back there. They're starting with Buffy and working their way forward, going through all of Joss Whedon's works. And Half Hour Wasted for all your um, hilarious uh, general geeky talk. And if uh, once you've exhausted all those podcasting possibilities over at HHWLOD, by all means, head over to the Daryl, T- or I'm sorry, the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, where you will find a virtual plethora of shows, including Nothing's On, the um, TV and movie show that Daryl and uh, Donnie and myself host every week, talking about movies and TV and all the news and all the reviews. Uh, we got, uh, yeah, I said it, the Take No Prisoners Geek Show, the uh, No Apologies Show, where they make no apologies for what they say and do, uh, Arts and Crap, the Comics. Uh, 
Wax Snarkfast. We got Wade's World. Uh, all kinds of shows over there at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Plus, lots of blogs and news and all kinds of good stuff popping up on that site. So go over there and check that out as well. And until next week, when we come back with the season finale of The Flash and another episode of iZombie, plus a whole boatload of other DC TV goodness, we are guests. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>